0: Welcome back, all you weirdos for and the Krakoa curious. Here we are to deliver your third weird dose of X. My name is Jason, and I'm here again with our good friend Chris. Chris, how are you today? Very, very good. Very good. And I think I think it's our fourth dose. At fourth?
1: Today.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, these how time flies.
2: time flies! Time flies. Go indeed. down easy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we are. We're finally out of the Dawn of X. And they they said it could never be done, and uh, here we are. We are out the other end of Dawn of
0: X, we pu- and we've got other Xs. Pushing on- into the Reign of X, which has something hmm. like, uh, according to Wikipedia, like 150 issues make up that whole saga. So we're going to be kind of choosy, I think, today. We're not going to go through issue by issue. So. That would take us even longer than last time. Except uh, for X Corp. I want to talk about that in, in <laughs> painful detail. We'll, we'll have a separate. That's only for our Patreon supporters. Get <laughs> it's to a
2: supplemental. Yeah, it's, it's episode <laughs> right. 4.5. You got
0: to pay us in Mysterium oh. to get to hear all about that. Oh, yeah. A, a lot of it. A so, lot. we do have a little bit of Judgment Day news because, the, again, the the, uh, the the impetus for this whole thing was that, hey, there's this event coming up. We should you know do the background and talk about it. Uh, and Marvel mm-hmm. is still holding to a July 13th start date for their prelude issue. Mm-hmm. Which I keep, I kept expecting that to slip because everything else is being delayed. I figured, well, this has got to be delayed. Like, yeah, wasn't something like 45 books from like one month's previews got to Tons go? and tons. So I kept mm-hmm. waiting for this, but ridiculous. it's getting, if they're going to delay it now, it, it's kind of late to do that. So I'm thinking, well, maybe they really mean it. Maybe. I think we have about 75% chance that it'll be on time now. Okay. So, so that, means 100. We, that means we really need to finish up all this uh,
2: background stuff pretty quick. <laughs> Unless they shoehorn Fortnite crap into it. <laughs> oh then they'll make sure no. it's out right away. Oh that, boy. that will come out That's the on big money time, time maker. every time. Yeah. Ridiculous.
0: Now, there um, are three new books they've added to the Judgment Day lineup. It's true. So they're all one-shots, all written by Kieran Gillen himself. Uh, and all coming out between the fifth and sixth, so the next to last and last issues of the event. And How many there, issues is the event? Is it six issues? It's six issues. Okay. Like the actual core series itself is six issues. Yeah. And then okay. there's all, all the preludes all the, and the tie-ins and the, and the one-shots, yeah. all that stuff. So Perfect. these are called uh, Reign of X Avengers, Reign of X X-Men, and Reign of X Eternals. Which kind of makes sense. They're all one or shot X, and. Axe Avengers. Axe. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> We've
2: got rain on the brain. Oh,
0: I do. Axe Avengers, <laughs> Axe Eternals, Axe X-Men. Yes. And yeah. they'll be focusing on specific characters. So one about Iron Man, one about Gene Gray, one about Ajax. And now I figure these can't be too vital to the actual flow of the story because otherwise they would have existed before now. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure we'll take a look at them and, and see what kind yeah. of. You know, extra stuff they add to our story. This is this is what we call uh, cash ins. A little bit um, of bloat. A little bids. bit of bloat. So yeah. I will add a that to bloat. our 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 master spreadsheet of all Which the is. issues here, yeah. <laughs> and we will talk about that when they come out. But today we are going to talk about the reign of X, and I'm going to start with a hot take. Mm-hmm. My hot take is that for Dawn of X, a lot of the action happened in the main books themselves, in your your Marauders, and your X-Men, and your New Mutants, yeah, whereas- quote-unquote ongoing. And the ongoings, yeah. right. If As much as anything is an ongoing these days. <laughs> uh, whereas in Reign of X, I think a lot of the action, the important beats happened in the events and the limited series, while a lot of the ongoings kind of just spun around for a while and- They treaded water. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of treaded
2: sure, water. For sure. But before we even get to that, we got to, we got to, well, we got to get to that, with uh, the transition here, the bridge from the dawn to the rain, which is that little ditty that became a really big ditty um, that we we call X of tens.
0: X of tens, ten of swords, swords of X, all those things. All that stuff Was what, 20, 22 issues or so? I think twenty two issues plus the free comic book
2: day, so um, twenty two and, and, and also yeah. the source book, right? The source book, which was uh, ridiculous.
0: So this was mostly a tie in between, at least in, in it was all the books, but it really came mm-hmm. out of X Men and Excalibur. Very true. so there's yeah. in, in my in my brain I kind of classify two separate stories going on here. We've got the Excalibur story that's mm-hmm. all about. Saturnine not being happy with her new Captain Britain being this Betsy gal. She wants yep. her, her lovely Brian back. And then over in the other side, it was all about the Krakoa, Arako, O'Karo coming back together and how they weren't really friends no more.
2: This is true. This is true. And, uh, and you know, you have the two main strands and we also have like two stories. Uh, this is, like you said, 22 issues. 11 issues of them hunting for swords, and then 11 issues of them not using those swords.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, they really got excited about the whole, I I think the powers of X kind of poison things a bit because powers of X, Mm -hmm. oh, it's really powers of 10. That was kind of cute. You know, powers of 10, it's a math thing. I'm a math guy. I can get behind that. Mm -hmm. But just this, that little germ of an idea that X means 10. Every time we see X, it really means 10. Now everything has to be 10. And that was, mm-hmm. that was way too many. We did not need all those sure. characters. We did not need no. all those swords. We did not need all those fights or all those not really fights. Events. Events. Yeah. Ugh.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the build, um, I, I read someone had sent me uh, when I was uh, doing this run in Labs. somebody sent me a, an interview with uh, Teeny Howard where they asked like, how they came up with this whole sword gimmick. And she said, well, swords are cool. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. This is something I like to say on the show. Like, if you ever like start an idea or start like a comment or a concept with, wouldn't it be
0: funny or wouldn't it be cool if? The answer is usually no. Is well, that, I think that's mean? an. If you have to ask the question. That's an okay yeah. start for a story, but if that's what th- if that's where the, the idea if that's ends, the entire thing, yeah, then yeah. you're probably yeah. not onto so much. No. So what we have is so we were told that this this war was going to start happening between the Amenth and Arako had kind of merged together, right? We, yeah, we, like got, their, we got their over. story told over and over again with different revelations every time. But the hmm. idea was that these group of mutants that had been sealed away ended up fighting and fighting and fighting in Amenth where these demons live. Yeah. And the mutants won, but in winning, they won this crown. And that crown was called Annihilation. Mm-hmm. You put the crown on and you control the demons, but it also kind of makes you sort of. Makes you annihilation. Yeah, makes you yeah. annihilation, right? Yeah. So they yeah. won, but in winning, they lost. And now they really want to take over the entire world, include while well, starting with Krakoa. And then there was like a throwaway line oh, by the way, if they win, they take over the whole world, which I don't think was. I don't think every event has to be. Yeah. The world will end if we lose. I think those stakes have just been overused. Sometimes it have been you know, just just the mutants lose, just Krakoa loses, would have been plenty of stakes for me. I think it would have been Absolutely. Those are the books
2: we're following. And I mean, the whole thing you know, you talk about a shared universe and how, you know, if something happens in the next book that is going to end the world. You might you might figure like Captain America might be like, hey, you know, if this happens, that's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, they might make no, a no, make a phone call or two. Yeah. yeah, it's like, hey, you need any help? We we we, you know, we don't want the world to end either. So, but no, this was kept to the yeah. uh, to the X family here. I don't think it even got a mention. I mean, I I don't think Kra- Krakoa gets a very very
0: seldom mentioned. Period. Um, that's good, bad, yeah, that, or that's or ugly. true. And all the the books that that Jim and I do on the regular show, they they never mention that mutants exist. No, what was it? I was reading um, the uh, Savage Avengers number one,
2: and like there was like a throwaway line from Venom in it, and he's like, you know, ever since Krakoa came around, uh, we have to worry about this technology or something like that. It's like, oh wow, they mentioned wow, but
0: <laughs> that was it, nothing else. So no, that's, no, no that's those are the it. two main sides. That is the big picture of the event, and then mm-hmm. they end up fighting in Otherworld because that's like in between. It's like yeah. you know. Poland or the Sudetenland—that's kind of in between the big powers—and gets crushed. Mm. But Saturnine's in charge there, and she's all super powerful there. So she says, "We're not going to have this big war in my place that'll wreck my stuff. I'm going to make this tournament, and if you want to fight contest. each other, you got to have this contest." And that's what set up this whole crazy sword hunt. Yeah, because we we open with uh, with the
2: Amenthes uh, or the horsemen uh, taking over one of the foul kingdoms. Of uh, of other world, they they either kill the king or just depose the king. Right, whatever,
0: one, the, a, one of the circles on that map of circles is now yeah, one of the a uh, different uh, colored First
2: multiversity map, yeah. yeah. So like they're they're actually making their way in. So I, I believe because when we get into the Hellions arc of this, uh, that kingdom has the portal to Amenth behind it, right? Yes, Like that's like the, the way, you know, the way station between a and other world. And then ultimately through the external gate into the 616. So it's, it's like the, you know, the, uh, it's the belt parkway, you know, coming through.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: But, um, yeah, like you said, Saturnine is in charge here and rather than have the big ruckus, uh, she, I, I remember reading this and I'm like, they're really doing a contest of champions. It, it, after the build after the hype and it's like no it's just
0: going to be duels duels well, over and they, over again they did subvert your expectations there but we'll get to that i thought it was going to be good <clears throat> but uh
2: <laughs> one of the things about otherworld that we discover early on and this was in an issue of x factor which was uh probably the first issue of x factor i actually enjoyed we found out that should a krakoan or a mutant die in otherworld well they could still be brought back, but not exactly the way that they have been brought back. I mean, it'll be the same
0: methodology, right
2: It's just that the character that comes back will be
0: affected. There's a it'll little bit different. of a magicy magicy hand waving that when they die in you. otherworld, there's some sort of energy spike in the backup system on Krakoa, yeah. and that changes things. it's kind of like a randomizer like pretty it's much. not quite multiversal, but the idea that there could be all all the many, many possible versions of you out in the, the multiple worlds. And instead of coming back as the one you used to be, you come back as like a random selection from one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, like, it's like a slot machine. We'll just, we'll just pick one of those. And it could sure. be one in a billion. And it won't be the same you. It'll be some other version.
2: Yeah, and it was, it was Rockslide, Rockslide, right? Rockslide. Yeah, Rockslide came Glob.
0: back, and yeah. he kind of looked a little. Yeah, it was it looked like it was supposed to be Glob, at least in some of the preview stuff. But I don't know if they decided they wanted to do something else with him. So sure, Rockslide yes. came back, and he wasn't quite the same. He didn't have the same memories. He had kind of the same powers, but he was back, but not back. So it was another way of trying to put these death stakes back in. Where okay, yeah, if you we're we're fighting in a place where if you die, you actually die.
2: Yeah, the, the version of you that goes in will not come back out. So uh, that, that made it a little bit interesting. It actually made it quite interesting. It caught, it captured my attention and imagination going in because you started to worry. You started to worry, like, what could happen if, I mean, <laughs> if you had to pick one of the 10 characters that would die in Otherworld, uh, you could probably pick that one out pretty quick. Uh, spoiler alert, one dies. <laughs> so uh, we'll get to that, of course. But it really made it so... You had, to, you, were, you had to be concerned. You right. had to uh, consider uh,
0: possibilities and outcomes. Now, the Muins almost entirely played along with this this strange situation, right? The idea, yes, mm-hmm. you have to get the swords. Okay, yes, we have to get the swords. Uh, except for our, our favorite book, Over in Hellions. Mm-hmm. The Hellions weren't really playing. They don't like to play by the rules. You know, that's, they're no. the Hellions. They're Mr. Sinister's team. So, Mr. Sinister has this great idea, we're, mm-hmm. we're like a, a backup plan. If we're just going to turn off the tap, right? If we can, <laughs> if we need to get these swords to get into the game, right? So if they, if the other guys can't get their swords, they won't be able to get into the game, and they'll have to forfeit. So hey, I'm mm-hmm. going to send my guys, my crack team of you know screw ups, <laughs> into their world, and we're going to steal their sword before they can get them. Mm-hmm. At least that's what he said he was going to do.
2: Yeah, that's that's the uh, that was on the contract. You know, you Mm had to read between the lines as to what Sinister really wants.
0: And it was Uh, also interesting because we know there are multiple, multiple clones of Mister Sinister. He makes of himself. He has always standing by, and so he unfreezes one of his many clones, and they kind of have an argument between themselves, between himself, over which of them is actually going to have to go. And oh, which it gets amazing. to stay? And that was that was a lot of fun. They uh, mm-hmm. they settle it by what they call it the the royal game, the noble game, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out to be rock paper scissors, of course. Yeah, that's all. That's all. It is. So like we got one Mister Sinister accompanying him, his his Hellions, and the other staying back home. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, everybody else is you know basically playing by the rules, and we get we get eleven Couple eleven issues. 11 issues hell. We got eleven issues of finding the swords. Yeah. Which makes the swords seem really, really important. Doesn't it? And then we get to, okay, then we get the events actually going to start, they're going to start fighting each other. And the first battle is a fight with swords. A sword swords fight. Okay. Yeah. And that is Betty versus- Betsy and Iska the Unbeaten. Right. Betsy versus Iska the Unbeaten, which right there, she keeps her title. So, you know, that's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And that's where Betsy actually not gets not just- Killed, but she gets shattered into a zillion pieces of like stained yeah. glass, basically. Stained glass, yeah. So she's gone, and that's one point for the bad guys, and that which makes us think, oh, this is going to be serious. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at, then it's like we're gonna play, uh, we're gonna play telephone now. Yeah, we're gonna play hot potato. We're after hopscotch. after that, all the games get. I I really think most of these games were invented while the writers were were high. There must have been, because <laughs> they have. There's like literally they have a drinking contest. There's yep. who can kill the kittens the fastest. There's um, a a fashion show walk off, and a race through the crooked market. Right, um, yeah, and not, it not great. it seemed very much, and I know a lot of people made this com- uh, comparison, mm-hmm. like the that fake TV game show. Whose line is it anyway? Where, where okay. the games don't matter and the the points are made up the or the points, games don't matter. Yeah. Right. It just it would mm. seem completely made up, completely arbitrary. And I mean, I guess that goes along with the idea of Saturnine being this, you know, fairy queen and their ways are not our ways and their their goals are mysterious. But yeah, yet everyone like if they
2: would have yeah, if they would have like drawn a line under it and been like, okay, well Saturnine's doing this to amuse herself. You almost can lampshade it that way, but it was it was it was played pretty much
0: earnest you know it's like no no this is just the way it is
1: like eh. mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and sometimes really both participants were on the same side yeah which oh, yeah. didn't you make like, you have like two Crocosans and an and, a, yeah. and an Arako guy. It was in there. it was never clear from the start like, what the format of this tournament was. Are we is it going to no. be like the like the NCAA where everyone's fighting everyone? There's going to be one person winning. Is yeah. everyone get to be in one fight and then whichever side gets the most points? Kind of like I don't know Battle of the Network Stars or mm. what is it going to be? It was it was intentionally not made clear because I don't think there was an idea. And If they told no. us up front, no, we're just making stuff up as we go along. We, you know, people wouldn't have bought all those issues.
2: Exactly. Because I mean, it's like sometimes a, an event was worth a point. Sometimes the event was worth a hundred
0: points. Mm-hmm. It and was we had very, very bizarre. one of the best setup issues was all about our boy Doug Ramsey cipher. Because I hated
2: this issue. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I know the you've issue- you've seen this story with Doug Ramsey a million times before. Me, as a new guy, yeah. haven't read very it a million times before. Okay. So. You know, it's Fair. like you know, like uh, t j f on in the summertime, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. it's new it was to you. it was yeah. new to me where the idea was that you know his his deal is he can talk all those languages really good, but he's mm-hmm. chosen by this tarot prophecy to have to be one of the one of the fighters. So he's almost certainly gonna die there because this is just you know, it's like if I got picked to be you know in a battle i I would not do well at that, you know. Some things I can, you know, put me on, you know, on curling ice, have me in a curling battle. You know, I I can hold my own. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, teach somebody to do some math. I can do that. You know, BS on a podcast. I'm getting better at that. But for actual fighting, not my thing. So, I think I could identify with Doug being said, you have to do this. It's your duty, even though we know you're going to die doing it. Mm -hmm. And as Uh, it turns out, the the fight that she gets- Training, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. whole The whole point of the issue was like, Hey, Doug is competent at fighting, and uh, as Jason said, that's basically Doug's story. Every time a new writer comes
0: on, they want to prove how how useful uh, mm. Doug is. See, I thought the story his- was Doug is still incompetent at fighting, but he's decided to go anyway. Like he was offered an out. Who was it who offered to to kill him on Krakoa? I don't remember. It was one of the one of the ex bad guys now on the. One of the captains, I think. So, but there was somebody on Krakoa. Gorgon. Yeah, I think it was it might have been Gorgon. Okay. Who offered? You know, if we kill you here, somebody'll have to take your place. But if we kill you here, we can then bring you back. You can
2: come back as
0: you. Right, and they had they had done a thing where oh, we think all the eggs are are bad, so we're we we're gonna crack up all the yeah. eggs, so no one can be brought back for a while. So it was like we're a pause. We can't bring you back right away. Mm-hmm. And he he turned that down. So that was like yeah, his and also he, his sword was warlock, so it's not really a transferable
2: one, sure you know I don't know that they could uh who would uh who would the self friend
0: attach <laughs> to substitute self friend yeah, there you go <laughs> so but it turns out that after this, what I thought was a pretty poignant buildup, his actual role in the tournament was to get married, yep, and he it was him versus slash with. Bay the Blood Moon, mm-hmm. who is this crazy, scary warrior lady from Morocco, and their goal was – their their challenge was to marry each other, and they did, and they each got a point. Yep. And but the, the interesting
2: thing about Bay is that uh, she can't uh, – she has a language that Doug couldn't even crack, yes. which I thought was interesting, uh, because, I mean, that's Doug's, – Doug's translation powers are – to the point where it's become pretty ridiculous as to what he can communicate with. I mean, he's communicating with trees. Um, there was like a whole arc in one of the recent New Mutant volumes where he's dis- he's he's learning like coding for uh, for like the networks, and he's he's just conversing with everything. And, and there was also a bit where he was able to like read um, body language, which made him a competent fighter. And one of those many times they showed us that Doug's mm. a competent fighter, but here bay the blood moon has this language i think they've kind of dialed it back because i think they've had her communicate since but um at the outset it was like wow doug's powers are useless in this relationship and they're pursuing it anyway so it opened up
0: for interesting possibilities yeah they've they've written them as or at least doug as being actually somehow truly in love with bay the blood smitten which is a weird sudden thing to do to a character that here you're suddenly married to this person you don't know who's also your enemy. But no, you actually really like her. And I I, yep. I I think if you think about that too hard, it gets kind of gross pretty fast. So I don't think they want us to do that. Kind of and I, I think when they when
2: they wrote that, they kind of conflated Doug with like old school cannonball. Not that he could, you know, that he's nigh invulnerable, but that he's kind of like this uh, naive like hayseed kind of. It's like, oh well, shucks. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that's was. not Doug. He Doug's like a Long Island kid or something. I mean, uh. <laughs> mess mess okay. with the Long Island kids. They've been around. And uh, then, then it's like, okay, well, the people writing this probably haven't read any books before 2019, anyway. So,
0: so we get we get almost all the way through these, and our our boys are not our boys and gals are not doing so well. They're way way no, behind, slaughtered. Yeah, they're you know way in behind points. in the points, yeah. and we get to this one fight where it's. Who, uh, who who are the two combatants here? We had all these people: Gorgon and the White Sword. Yes, Gorgon the one? White Sword, because Gorgon is you know good fighter guy, and the White Sword, his thing is he can resurrect his many warriors his and one, send them out. His one hundred warriors. one hundred warriors resurrect them and send them back out the next day. He was a big part of that initial battle against the Amethi demons. So yeah, he every decides
2: day his his whole force would be slaughtered. He'd resurrect them mm-hmm. and they'd go back out to fight the next day
0: over and over and over but again. But he wasn't really on board with this whole, now we're fighting on behalf of the Amenthi demons thing. He His loyalties were, well, I guess I got to do this, but he wasn't. Yeah, his he, heart wasn't in it. He had a code. He, he seemed to actually have a code, which was something that a lot of the characters didn't have. Mm-hmm. He seemed to have some sort of nobility to him. So whether because of that code or just this, the way he does things, when this fight started, he didn't head out there with a the sword himself he started sending out his own warriors Mm -hmm. one by one. And Gorgon, you know, a good fighter was defeating them, still getting kind of beat up along the way, but defeated a bunch of them until Krakoa was only one. And then we didn't realize that they were getting one point against Saturnine, making up Saturnine's rules, was giving them one point for every one of these individual warriors that Gorgon beat. Mm -hmm. And then it got to where Krakoa was only, was I guess one point ahead. Yeah, and that's when White Sword was convinced to step in and actually kill and Gorgon, finally slay Gorgon. So, yeah. so Gorgon really died in Otherworld, and mm-hmm. that's when it brought back to: Hey, we probably should have predicted this was going to happen. Coming up to the final battle, guess what, guys? It's a tie. Mm-hmm. Just
2: like and if you see
0: demons. if you see a you know a movie about a baseball game it's probably going to go to extra innings or at least the bottom of the ninth. Right? The of the ninth yeah. It's it's not going to be a blowout. It's not going to be a laugher where, you know, the crowd leaves at the seventh inning stretch. It's going to be a close game. And the final battle, also pretty predictable, is going to be Apocalypse against his, hey, guess what? She's still alive wife, Genesis. And Genesis is now Annihilation. Yes. She had won that fight. I,
2: the first time we heard the story from the summoner, uh, Genesis had stepped up and lost the fight to annihilation, but an, in the retelling, which was literally a retelling well, like 85% of the art was repurposed in another issue. It was a X-Men 12 and X-Men 14, I believe. Sounds right. Basically the same issue. Uh, except, uh, we find out that the ending went a little bit differently in that, like Jason said earlier, uh, Genesis won the fight, but became annihilation. So that was, that was our main event of the entire, uh, the entire of the entire event. Yep. So it
0: was a shock to uh, Apocalypse that his wife was still alive because mm-hmm. he thought that she had died a long time ago. But she's alive, but she's being overwhelmed by this annihilation crown. Yeah, the big helmet. Yeah, and it's uh,
2: <laughs> a a lot of. Uh, you know, sometimes the destination is not worth the journey, or the journey is not worth the destination. We spent a lot of time on this story. Uh, even today talking about it, We I think we expected to talk about this whole thing in like five minutes. And here we are a half hour in and it's not done yet. Um, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff happened here. And it, the, the fallout
0: wasn't really- Well, how would you sum up that final fight between Apocalypse and Genesis? Predictable. Okay. So she, they, they fight <laughs> and he ends up- getting the crown off her mm-hmm. and putting the crown on himself. And when you put the crown on, that means you're in charge of Amenth. Yeah. That's like you the rule. Like the That's, ruler of, right. of the entire realm. Right. You are the ruler. And as the ruler of the realm, he's surrendered. Yeah. So
2: by-, yeah, by- he was strong and it's like he- it, it also proved that he was like strong enough to overcome it. Yes. Uh, a lot of the- One of the themes going into this, as I think we talked about last week, is that- Apocalypse was deemed not strong enough to go to Amenth to fight the demons. He was sent you know, away. Right. That's you know, what Genesis said. That was yeah. Genesis'
0: call at the beginning. You're not
2: strong enough to come. You got to stay here, right. honey. Yeah. Right. And here he is proving that he's actually not only strong, but stronger than her in that he can control this annihilation helmet. Indeed.
0: So this means that the Krakoans win the overall tournament yeah. by, by one point. So mm-hmm. there's go- they're going to win. That means the world will not end. Hooray! Because that's Yay. where I keep my stuff. And mm-hmm. it Most there's going it, yeah. to be a an ex- they call it like an exchange of hostages. Basically, again, this is all Saturnine saying what we got to do. So nothing that had been there, there had been no
2: foreshadowing to this. No, no it just like you turn the page. It's like oh yeah, here's your here's your spoils. It's like
0: the what? Okay. So apocalypse is going to stay in. I, the idea of Amenth, Araco, Otherworld are still kind of hazing, but he, he's staying in Amenth, correct? Yeah, he's going to go with his family, or with his wife at least. His wife, too, yeah. To, I, um, I think the other kids, the horsemen, I think are still are not doing that. But I think at least he and Genesis. I mean, there's a
2: couple of horsemen still running that one foul kingdom. Uh, the Anubis head one, the uh, death is okay. part. It went to Sevelith, mm-hmm. where the uh, where the zombie vampires are. Um Maybe he
0: took one of the horse kids with him. Okay. I don't know. But Apocalypse, he gets to choose who the mutant coming to Krakoa is. And the one he chooses is the whole dang island oh. of Arako. Oh, yeah, Arako. Yeah. So, the whole island comes through with, I forget how many millions of mutants they say live there. And not just mutants, but like they were all like Omega level. Right. And also they're Which kind of- think would be a big to-do. They're interbred with the Amenthi demons-, demons. Mm-hmm. So there's like they're they're demon mutant mutant demons living a very yeah. very different kind of society, very different kind of world. Going to be used as a contrast with Krakoa. So it's an interesting idea, but I the numbers don't really make that much sense. They're just too big. No. I think too, too. I think they should have just taken a couple of zeros off that, and it would have been fine to have yeah. a couple a, thousand. a couple thousand yeah. would have been would have sure. been plenty plenty. Who would, have, who would have said, oh, no, that's not enough. No, a couple thousand would have been plenty, but a thousand's not a million, so we got to say a million. Oh, so, that course. whole island comes back. So, Krokoa and Araka were still kind of together, but in an uneasy, not really merged society together kind of way. And then we're going to kind of just ignore that for a while until that gets taken care of at the gala. Yeah, pretty much, it, which is so ridiculous. But then again- when we get to
2: Inferno, we find out how truncated the timeline is. How small the time between Hoxpox and Inferno was, and I think it was just a number of like a couple of months.
0: It it seems to expand and contract depending on who's telling the story. So it just, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just kind of whatever matters because we're going to get another. Uh, we, we had we haven't talked about the gala yet. But we're going to get another gala coming up, which is supposed yeah. to be an annual event. So that would seem to mark a whole year, but but who knows? Who knows right. So that I mean that was X of Swords. We've the upshot is. Uh, apocalypse is gone and millions of demons slash mutants are back. Yeah. Yeah. And out of this, we
2: had, uh, there was a, like we said, uh, the first 12 or first 11 issues were, um, the gathering of forces issues, right? Uh, he had cable with, uh, Scott and Jean heading to a place that was put in his head by Saturn the place he had to go. And it turned out to be the old sword, um, satellite which, uh, sword, but that was, a, that was actually a, a Kieran Gillen series back in oh. the mid two thousands. We know it uh, spun out of, uh, yeah, it spun out of astonishing X-Men. It's a Joss Whedon thing. So we all have to pretend to like it. And, uh, it was, it, it made it four issues. It didn't make it very long. This, uh, this volume made it a few more issues than that, but the whole point of it was they brought this back. There was a doorway there, which had these, I don't remember what those aliens were, do you remember the aliens that were behind the door? Oh, it was a, a, a horde of your basic like horde mining. of insect type aliens. Yeah, mining insects. Yeah. Basically, a colony of mining insect aliens, and they were uh, they were able to actually parlay that into kind of the mission statement for the Sword series, but that is something that didn't really pay off. Um, they were going to mine for this material called uh, Mysterium. Yes, which we'll get to in a little bit here, but. I mean, that was an entire issue or two issues, I believe, leading into the ex the X swords, uh, proper event, mm-hmm. um, or the second half of it, I should say a lot of weird stuff. Um, if you were going to read this and you don't have a lot of time and you really don't want the fluff, I mean, what would you, I would say, read the first part, the read the three, uh, one shots. It was like, uh, the, creations, the creation, stasis. the one in the middle, and
0: stasis. Stasis with the middle, yeah. Okay, were, creation, stasis, and like. Oh well, I don't even know. Destruction. What, that's I believe that's correct. Yes, yeah. Those are the three one shots there. Um, I think the there were the uh, the gathering of swords turned out to be pointless. So don't worry about that too much. You don't. Yeah, you don't need two store two issues of Wolverine in Hell looking for the Murasami. No, Mur- Mur- the, the swords turned out to be just your MacGuffins to get into the game. They were not actually That's used true. in the game. There were tickets, you know, yeah. tickets to ride. Um, were there NFTs. were two issues. Uh, there were two issues of Marauders that
2: actually came out like in a row. Um, and this was, uh, right around the time of stasis and it featured a dinner party before the actual fights began mm-hmm. where, you know, one of the things I've said about Hickman before is like he'll introduce these concepts and these characters that look moderately okay, like cool, like kind of interesting. But that was that's where he'd leave it. It's like, okay, well, here's this alien. It's kind of cool looking, but I have absolutely no idea what we're going to do he, with him. You're just supposed to like him. He's not a I he's not
0: a character. character guy. He's not a
2: make he's you not, love this he's,
0: this he's breakout concept, character twenty twenty two guy. Yeah, but this Marauders
2: uh two parter was uh, was Ben Percy and Jerry Duggan where. They actually introduced us to these characters, the other side, you know, the 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 10 warriors of Amenth, Arako, you know, the, the bad guys, the opposing force, and actually gave them characterization and made us, it gave us a little bit of insight as to who these characters are and gave us a little bit of a reason to care. And um, so if you skip those issues, you're going to miss out on a lot. You're not going to note, like, why is this pog er pog guy? why do we care about this guy? well he still might not care about him completely after these the dinner party, but you'll you'll know a little bit more about him same with the white sword. you'll find out about his you know his code of honor here. It's very interesting stuff because I think Hickman only really cared about Iska the unbeaten and I mean Iska is probably the the standout, but that was all we got, and it was. Uh, it wasn't enough to carry the entire second half of this series until they had
0: that dinner party. Um, it did, the it did story- make the the uh, the bad guys, the Amentia Racos. I'm not going to say three dimensional, but like two and a half dimensional at least. Sure. It gave them it, answered- it gave them something besides oh they're just this wacky concept that fell out of somebody's head. Yeah, it's like it, it. It's not
2: just okay. Here's the here's the what what do they call it in a uh, in a in a role playing game you know it's just the thing that you chop away at the thing you hack away at like the the meat legion or whatever it just it, it doesn't there ain't no character yeah. of that but um but that that was a good one to read and also of course the hellions two parter where
0: yes of course, as you can tell, the tournament happened so clearly the Hellions yeah, mission they, they were not successful the alleged mission <laughs> completely failed because yeah. they had no chance by the time they already got to otherworld. All the swords had already been found. They, were, they had never had any chance of doing this, which is mm-hmm. perfectly fine by Mr. Sinister because he was never interested in that anyway. He just yeah. wanted to get his grubby hands he wanted to on some of that in there. that cool Iraqi DNA because he loves cool. He loved to collect his DNA. He loves to mix things together, make his chimeras, not his Camaros. That's a car. Chimeras? How do you even say that? I said chimera. Chim- I chimera. That's probably about. right. Chimeras. Oh, yeah. So that's all he wanted. He just wanted an excuse to go to Otherworld and collect this stuff. And he did. He got a collection yep. of this stuff. He ran into this, this group of weirdos. What were they called? The it was... Locust Vile. Ta- Vile, who were created Tarn by the Tarn uncaring. the Uncaring. Who, Tarn the Uncaring is a lot like an Araco like version analog. of Mr. S- Mister yeah. Sinister. But because he's an Araco, he's just... He's got twisted. all the the twisted, weird darkness turned up to, to 12. Yeah, And I think that in Hellion, Zebwell's really did a great job of understanding the deep abiding silliness of the whole idea of Iraq or that oh it's just so bad it's just so demonic he takes it he turns it up to the point where it's so awful that you just got to laugh at it mm-hmm. he cre- it's like you want to look away cuz it's just so he created this so wrong. completely goofy team we go into details and data pages on oh, yeah. you know this this Blade fish lady and this person with spines that come out of her oh, her, her, her yeah. own spine and the amino fetus, which come the on fetus. this big <laughs> ugly baby and you can't let the baby eat. We don't know why, no. but that's the rule. You can't let the baby eat. No Bad things would happen. It's like you can't feed the gremlin after midnight. and You can't let the baby the amino fetus eat. So they run into this guys and they have this big old fight and they steal a the DNA and. They get grievously wounded, and it looks like they're going to die in Otherworld, yeah. which is bad. So they they run out of there. They're all yeah, they wounded. Make Avalon. They right. get
2: through the uh, they get through the Avalon uh,
0: gateway back to Krakoa. So who? Some of them die in Amenth. They don't quite die in Otherworld. They and die nanny, in a wild myth. child and orphan maker. Yes, those are the three. Yeah. So or- orphan orphan maker and nanny because they are the pair that go together, mm-hmm. and wild child, the feral, you know, dog wolf kind of guy. Sure, they they die there. So we don't know what's going to happen when they come back because they didn't. They died in a weird place, or like yeah, a they different didn't weird die place. in other world, but they died out out the other. The end. rest yeah. of them managed to come back. Hooray! But mm-hmm. some of them are dying already and just kind of die naturally as they get through the gate. I think that was Empath. Em- yeah, Empath died
2: right at, right as they got out. And uh, Scalp Hunter, or not Scalp Hunter, Grey Crow. Grey Crow. Uh, Quanon and Havoc actually make it through.
0: Yes, and they are met by- the other Mr. Sinister cause, the Mr. Sinister that went with them, seems to have died there, yeah. or at least he did not come back with them. He looked like, looked he, like he died. looked yeah. like he died. And they're met by the other Mr. Sinister who, who won the game of, of rock, paper, scissors. Very happy yeah. to see them, grabs the DNA, puts up a smoke screen, and then kills them all to death. Kills them all. Yes. <laughs> because he wants plausible deniability- That he, Mm -hmm. that his, all his Hellions, his beloved Hellions died. Oh no, they tried so hard serving their country. My team, the team I run served the country. They lost, but oh, they tried so hard and pay no attention to this thing I just put in my pocket. Oh, it's good. It was so You see him on the quiet council after that and he's like
2: crying. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. And everyone knows he's a phony, but but they can't do anything about it. They all know. There's no way to disprove it. (laughs) Oh. And like, uh, th- there's a scene in there where uh, they're trying to they're trying to barter with uh, that weirdo Jamie Braddock to go through Avalon, and it comes down to uh, the sinister that went there handing over his cape.
0: Yes, and the beloved cape.
2: Entire- <laughs> oh Lord, that scene. Oh. It, it, you know, Stephen Segovia. I think he's. Uh, I think he's such an underrated character artist because the facials that Sinister uh, puts on here. I, it, these 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 scenes could come without words, and you'd know exactly what was going on. You'd know every emotion. You'd know you could you could say every line. You could imagine every line. It's amazing stuff. Um, and just yeah, uh, you know, it's like I, I say on the show every time we talk about Hellions. If you
0: never read Hellions, just read Hellions. Deal, you, you will love it. I guess the only last thing to say about X of Swords is the just to tie up the Betsy deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Saturnine collects all those pieces of Betsy. Yeah, puts her back together, thinking it's going to make Brian the for some for reason. some reason. Yeah. Thinking, oh, this will make Brian Captain Britain again. It turns out to be, oh, hey, it's Betsy. So Betsy's it, back. And not only is it Betsy, it's the it's the new Captain Britain Corps. Yes, it, it's it's all it's the Betsy
2: Brigade. It, the, all the Captain Britons of the multiverse oh, have oh, now have purple hair.
0: Everything going on in Marvel is all multiverse these days, I'm so sick of it. Oh, and this yeah. is one of the early yeah. ones where they're all just different versions of Betsy. And I think the good thing here is that after this, I mostly stopped paying attention to Excalibur because it seemed important to do it because X of Swords is coming. And once X of Swords was done, I was kind of done with Excalibur. So I think all of Betsy's, the rest of her story was taking place over in that other book. Did anything important happen in Excalibur that people need to know about going forward or is it just kind of its own thing? It's kind of its own thing. Uh Betsy did come come
2: back. Uh they they like Jamie Braddock had like a favor that he had uh he Apocalypse and him had made a deal. And this is when Apocalypse was set up in Morgan Lefay's castle, which is part of Avalon. Jamie, of course, was the king of Avalon or the leader or whatever the hell of Avalon. And um Apocalypse had like a lab where he was like creating characters and and stuff Uh, sinister was involved with the clone body of uh, of Betsy Uh, there was some magic involved Uh, malice the uh, the old marauder from back in a hundred years ago comes back occupies this Betsy body it was not great Um, (laughs) really just not great Uh, what else happened Uh, Betsy went to the crooked market uh, she was working with these oh, is uh, Re- i think the several is
0: red root still trapped in the crooked market red root is
2: still yeah red root uh, it was is basically the analog of Doug Ramsey for Iraco was able to communicate with the island itself and was uh, set up against uh, Brian Brian Britton, in a uh, foot race through the crooked market and i guess red root did some sort of faux pas which caused uh, he kind poor of poor
0: thing he broke to get some stuff. down he, he broke yeah, some yeah, stuff. Yeah. He broke something priceless, and you have to pay for something priceless. So Jim Jasper's sealed and him up, shrunk him, basically down, to put him be a jar. an item in the market. Yeah, and and, and, and it's, everyone was it's cool still there. Now it was fine. That's just what happens. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, that, and he's still it, there, as far as we know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a they, tree. They, I a she. It's, 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 it's a it's it. a tree creature. I I can't tell. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We we haven't moved the leaves around, but um. They uh they mentioned it not too long ago because I remember reading it and I was like, oh no, we're still doing this. I think it might have actually been in New Mutants they mentioned it. Because it looks like New Mutants might be doing some other world stuff eventually too. So I guess we'll get there when we get oh, there. Boy. But uh
0: what else about X Swords here? Uh, well not no, I think I think we did. I think that I think we've covered the high points. So it it had some interesting moments. It just they spaced them too far apart.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It did not require 22, 23, 24 chapters. It, uh, but then again, this is all out of the COVID hiatus. So they may have just been trying to buy themselves some time. Yeah. Fair play if that's the case. Okay. Um, charging us four to five bucks to six bucks
0: a chapter. It's a, you know, yeah. If you've got the yeah, Marvel yeah, Unlimited, yeah, go ahead and read it and feel free to to skip through some sections. If so, If a section it. seems to not make that much sense, just- Flip a couple pages ahead and, and don't worry about it because it probably doesn't yeah. matter. It probably doesn't matter. So what matter is the that. next major, well, major thing that happens after this, would you say? Um, well, the launch of Reign of X, uh,
2: I think the first salvo of that was the launching of the Sword series. Okay. Now, the Sword series, I think we can get through pretty quick here because uh, Sword was kind of- This was an Kind Al-Uan of book, a victim right? of- Yeah, Al Ewing, um, and uh, I don't remember the artist. I was going to say Bob Quinn, but that was uh, Way of X. Um, uh, Oh, uh, Sheedy? Valerio Sheedy? I think so. I don't don't know how to say their last name, so I say Sheedy instead of uh, pronouncing it phonetically. Sure, sure. But uh, this was like the first big salvo of Reign of X here. Kind of a victim of timing, kind of a victim of, I, I guess it's just own context in that it's the space book. Uh, this was this was set to just be like the intergalactic bit of X stuff, uh, kind of a, an arm of Krakoa. We got liaisons of Krakoa. Al Ewing did a lot of work in making this work, and you, it, it, it was such a weird book in that it launched with all uh, it, it launched with infrastructure, like there were.
0: Two dozen characters involved. Yes, in this and there book. was this whole org chart. Yes, yeah, they were like who reports to had... who. When it was color coded, because most of yes. the data pages are completely black and white, but you couldn't do it. Yeah. It was too complicated with this. It was all color coded, and, and most of it turned out not to matter. It turned much out much like to matter the at all. map of otherworld. Yes,
2: <laughs> it's just it's just neat looking. But uh, the infrastructure, I mean, like like Jason said here, color coded. It's all departmental. Uh, we have like all these. Uh, These time travelers, we have all these teleporters, Mm -hmm. we have like the the security force run by Kid Cable, and they brought characters like random back
0: from, uh, you know, and they made an analog to the five on Krakoa. Yes. Right? There was this group of, um, we're supposed to think they're just as important as the five on Krakoa. They are the, mm-hmm. I forget what they were, they were the other five, basically. They were the six. I the think. six, okay. Got one One louder, yes. Yeah, they were the six. One more. <laughs> and it turned out what they did was they amplified each other's powers and this whole mutant circuit dealio to travel mm-hmm. to the farthest reaches of space and bring back this stuff that it reminds me of an avatar. They got this stuff called Unobtainium, if you ever saw okay. that movie. Which mm-hmm. was the dumbest name for ever kind of a kind of stuff. Because clearly, it's just a MacGuffin. <laughs> where this is the second dumbest name for some kind of stuff from space. They brought back Mysterium. Mysterium, and yes. it's this metal that has all these amazing properties. It's heat resistant. You can make spaceships out of it. It's a floor wax. It's a dessert topping. It's everything mm-hmm. you could possibly Slices need. Slices of dice, right? Yeah. And the idea here was that was set up as an analog to the Magic Mutant meds, but yeah. for space. And this yeah, is not going mates. to be a medication. This is like, it's been set up in other cosmic Marvel books that the kind of cosmic economy was in shambles. Correction. Let's yeah. not make any analogies to anything with that. But the whole, <laughs> whole <laughs> cosmic economy. So we're going to set up this new kind of gold standard, except it's going to be mm-hmm. a Mysterium standard. This is going to be what everyone wants. This is going to be the money everyone in the whole universe is going to use. Yeah. And I, th- I think we're still kind of waiting for that really pay off as big as it was supposed to. Yeah, cuz that that might be something that they're saving for
2: something wider cosmic. Could be coming. You know, related. Yeah. Has it has be, come coming? Maybe yet. not. Who because knows. the think he's good at coming back to things though, I think. Yeah, and you know, I mean he's
0: still writing in uh red. Re- X-Men red at the moment. So he's still, yeah. you know, on the team, so if this he's is realm, if this is one of his yeah. pet ideas He's still going to pitch it when he wants to pitch it. It'll come. But the sword books then end up tying into every other Marvel Everything. event. Which, you know, it was kind of like the, the sacrificial lambs. So we got to have the X-Men involved in a major event, make sword do it. And it yeah. kind of shielded, I guess, sword did the shield. That's a bad yeah. analogy. But it shielded <laughs> the other books from having to do that kind of stuff. So sure. good for Al Ewing for taking that hit. But that book really never had an identity. It kind of True. just tied into this and that and the other. And then at the end, we learned an interesting thing about Abigail Brand. So, she was yeah. in, She was like, like the basically the main of character, Abigail. director of, yeah. of S.W.O.R.D., and she was a double agent, triple agent. It, I don't know how many times it was, but it turns out she's, everyone thinks that she's secretly working for them, right? Orcus thinks she's on their side. The mutants think she's on their side. Everyone kind of knows that she's a double agent, but they all think that she's really on their side. She's really loyal to them. And we get to find out that she's not loyal to anybody. She just thinks that you can't trust these mutants. You can't trust these humans. You can't trust these aliens. You can't trust these machines. I'm just going to be the one with my finger everywhere, and I'm going to turn the tide wherever it needs to be turned. Pretty much, yeah. And the way they did this was
2: really, really good because uh, we talked. I don't remember which book we talked about last time, where like a revelation happens, and you can read it again and see the revelation play out throughout the run. Yes, I compared it to the Morrison run, where you actually can see that. And in Sword, if you were to go back, you could actually see like the machinations uh, of uh, of Abigail Brand, you know, being uh, self serving or self preserving. I suppose mm-hmm. in that she doesn't. Uh, she
0: think makes- she's self serving. She thinks she's Serving Altruistic. the greater good, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. only her conception of what that greater good is, for be. sure. And and she was put
2: very early on. I think it might have been even been the first issue. She was put at odds with Magneto, who was the Krakoan liaison to Sword. Where you know Magneto is just harping on, harping on about you know Krakoa, 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 and Abigail looks at him as like you know that's adorable. But, uh, you know, the universe is bigger than we're Right. And uh, that's who I'm, you know, looking looking to, uh, you know, take care of.
0: Right. Like, it, like Storm, we're calling her the queen of the whole solar system. Yeah, you know, the regent of soul. Regent of yeah. soul, right. Which, which, not like Aretha Franklin, she's, you know, something else <laughs> of soul. But, yes. Yeah. So, but Abigail Brand thinks even bigger than that. Absolutely. And she's which, also going to really be a main cool character thing. in X-Men Red with Al Ewing. So that's another thing that he's carrying forward into that her next. Her story week. will continue, yep. which is great. And I, is great. we're still seeing you know, where, when she's going to do – She's it's like she's set up to do a big thing at some point where she finally reveals what her goal is or she sees something she can't stomach. But that hasn't happened yet. Not yet. And I think that's all that really comes out of SWORD.
2: Yeah, I mean, it tied into King and Black, like you said. It tied into the Annihilation thing. It tied into Empire. Um, no, 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 no. It was after, after Empire. Empire okay. It tied into something else, though. It tied into like two or three different uh, Marvel events, which sucked, but uh, it worked because mm-hmm. it it let a lot of the uh, Abigail Brand motivation fly under the radar. You know, it's like because we're seeing it in this grander context of like this Annihilation thing or King and Black, and you don't really notice these subtle moves that Abigail brand is making. And, uh, and I tell you, uh, you listened to X lapsed where I really was dreading this book. I did not want to read this book. I didn't want to like this book because, uh, well, I don't like the way the writer conducts himself on the internet, which is a stupid reason not to like something. As I found out, I couldn't deny that. I liked this book. I didn't want to like it, but I actually came away liking it and I was very, very happy that it existed. So, um, yeah, so it's a good one. Al Ewing
0: always seems to me to have interesting ideas. He puts, mm-hmm. he puts an interesting twist on existing concepts, like what he did with the Immortal Hulk was an interesting Mortal twist.
1: Hulk, yeah.
0: I don't always like the way he writes the beat-to-beat, moment-to-moment, panel-to-panel stuff. I don't always like his mm-hmm. character work, but he has interesting ideas. Like I thought mm-hmm. Immortal Hulk sure. went on a lot longer than I needed it for that to play out. Yeah, I only read like the first two issues it, of that, It went know. 50 yeah. issues, I think. Fifty, yeah, it hit fifty. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, I, I think that could have been one of those, you know, twenty-four issue Maxis, twelve, twelve to twenty-four issue maxi series, and it would have been plenty. Gotcha. But uh, very cool. But anyway, he had always an interesting ideas. So I'm curious to see what he does with this and how he plays with this larger interconnected universe.
2: Absolutely. Now, speaking of uh, interesting ideas, well, ideas, uh, con- concepts are interesting. Uh, there was a miniseries announced very early on during the Dawn of X.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, actually, it was just a series. We didn't know it was a miniseries, but it was Children of the Atom. Do you remember the first solicits for
0: Children of the Atom? They came out way early. I remember it was this yeah. odd thing where is it? it's con- – because Children of the Atom is a phrase to conjure with in the X-Men universe, right? Originally, Absolutely. that's what the X-Men were. It would be, the The idea was that all these nuclear tests had kind of yeah. set yeah. off these yeah. crazy – abilities, mutations. mutations mm-hmm. And that, that went away pretty quick in the history of the X-Men, I think. Right. Well, they had to roll the timeline forward, yeah. um, you know, the sliding
2: timescale and also with these Hickman revelations with, uh, this ancient Island of mutants, uh, it's kind of been eschewed, right? The, the X-Men are kind of more like the Inhumans at this point, uh, in, in as far as their origins are concerned, but children of the atom, this was actually announced. Um, I think fallen angels was still a thing when this was announced. So it's very, very early. So within the first three to four months of, uh, the dawn of X, this was announced. And all we got were these sort of kind of X-Men looking young people. Right. I mean, uh, there's a uh, Cyclops lass. you know, it, it's basically, uh, it's, it, they're wearing, um, the Jim Lee Cyclops costume. And, uh, it conjures up because they they were announced as sidekicks. Do you remember that in the first solicits? It was like uh these are the you know X Men. remember sidekicks. they looked like sidekicks. I don't know if they were yeah.
0: called sidekicks, but they looked like in the yeah, solicits. They, they looked like yeah. the Robin to every, everyone. Everyone, every Batman has a Robin. They all had sure. their little mini mini Captain Marvel version. version. Captain Marvel yeah. Junior.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was kind of that's what the solicits said, uh, at least in the big blurb in Marvel previews, and so I. You know, I looked at this and I kind of groaned, <laughs> but I picked it up. Uh, yeah, I put it on my order anyway. Uh, DCBS would send me a, a message every month saying, hey, this thing got pushed off again. Hey, this thing got pushed off again. Mm-hmm. Finally, a year later, it, it it comes out. It comes out after X of Swords. And I'm not sure what the original intent of this story was. I couldn't imagine it's what the final
0: result was. It turned out to be, I would sum it up as- amusing on what identity means in the Marvel Universe. Because these are kids who idolize mutants, want to be mutants, mutants, and at least so far, aren't mutants, but they really, really, really want to be the thing that they're not. Yeah. And And they somehow have powers too. Yes. We don't find out right away where these powers come from, what's going on, but they can they can do stuff. They can do blasty stuff. They can kind of control emotions a little bit. What sort of kind of teleport? They can kind of teleport. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funky, you know, clunky versions of that. But they can do some mm-hmm. stuff. And I guess we eventually find out that I didn't really understand this. They they kind of mm-hmm. ended up on a spaceship and kind of stole some technology from a spaceship. How yeah. did that all? Was there more to it than that? Than it just kind of happened? I. I
2: think this was a book that was truncated. I think it was canceled because it wasn't something people wanted. Um, So they had to kind of rush to get to uh, a reveal. And the reveal, like Jason said, like one issue, we had like three issues and they were basically all the same issue. Like they they told similar stories for the first half of this thing where it's like, We really want to be mutants. We really want to be mutants. Okay, let's try to walk through a gate. then they build up to walking through a gate, and then they walk through a gate, and they don't go anywhere. And always teasing where their powers came from. Exactly. exactly. And I mean, there's no shortage of super-powered costumes in the Marvel Universe. There are ways to make this work in ways that we don't roll our eyes at. And instead, they started, I think it was issue four, with like- a flashback we didn't realize was a flashback but all of our kids are on this rocket ship and the rocket ship crashes kind of it it really was rushed and sloppy but uh i think we're supposed to assume that this is where they got um they got their you know their their special toys mm-hmm. and um <laughs> just uh, it
0: was such a weird and then it turns experience. out that one of them really does Actually manifest mutant powers and yeah. then there's all these kind of feelings between them because she has what they all want to have. Yeah. She's the real thing. They're the phonies. And they have to reconcile. Right. Them. Are they still friends? Are they still a group? Are they still Can they still be friends? Right. Yeah. When one of them gets to have what they all want.
2: And I you know, the way that they the way that they showed um what was the one was it uh it was gimmick who got who was eventually mutant. A gimmick was a like a cosplay costume designer made all the the costumes for the uh, for the team was kind of uh, based on Gambit's design mm-hmm. uh, from the uh, mid '90s era, and uh, I don't her power is what the hell was her power? Oh boy, I was don't even it know shape shifting. I think it was shapeshifting because I think she chummed up with Mystique during the gala, but um, her whole thing is that she can kind of shape shift. And the way they revealed this, like it looked like she was becoming a brood. And I remember thinking, like, oh well, maybe while they were in space, she got a brood egg put in her or something. <laughs> I mean, that's happened in the in X Men history. It, it's happened before. It happened to Professor X. They, they gave him a whole new body, but no, it was just her changing shape. Um, such a weird series that uh, didn't really didn't really pay off. You know, it got a Hellfire Galatian like three months after the event actually happened. By then, we'd all moved on. It was yes. She has
0: that. a healing factor, and she can okay. shapeshift into reptilian form with claws and there fangs. You know. Boy, oh boy! So not like any good. shape, but this one particular other shape. Basically, just enough to be a mutant. It's just enough to, to enough to get the ticket to go to Krakoa to be able to go through the gates. That's true, which is all that these is kids true. want. They don't need. To have these amazing omega level powers, they just they just want to be on the island and, and you know part of the parties. Yeah. yeah, if you if you if you can make a flower bloom, you're you're on the island,
2: so it's okay. But um, I mean, would you say people should
0: seek out Children of the Atom? I think it asks interesting questions, but I don't think it it expands on those questions in an interesting way, and it goes mm. nowhere, and we never see any of these characters ever again. No, I I think so I, will, like- I would give a million to one odds against any of them showing up in Judgment Day. I would no, I will no, I will literally fall out of this chair if I see a you know, gimmick <laughs> on that
2: page. No, this was uh this was Vidayala or Vida Ayala, I don't know how to say their name, but um, this could have been a backup in New Mutants and it wouldn't have hurt anybody. Sure. It, you know, it you could tru- have been an extra dollar for It could have been in X-Men it. Unlimited when that became a thing. Sure. And still might be. I mean, that, that's a, that seems like the place where this would uh, yeah. percolate. If it pops up again, give her an arc in that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention the most important part of X of Swords. I'm sorry. Just oh, dial uh-oh. it back here. In the big scene at the end, we do see Gwenpool. Gwenpool shows up. Yep. Gwenpool's, Gwenpool's a the now. now, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, that was very exciting to see. So. And, and I'm not saying that facetiously, as much as it may say. I, I usually poo-poo on uh, current year stuff, but I really, really like Wimple.
0: Okay. But, um, so you you mentioned the Hellfire Gala. Should that be the next thing we we talk about in moderate detail? We have X Corp to talk about. So Hellfire Gala. <laughs> yeah, X Corp. X Corp had cool looking cover designs. That was it. And that yeah, was the covers was were it.
2: awesome. Um, they were like uh. Look like you know pharmaceutical ads, but stylized. Um, really, really nice. Uh, when you open the book, though, boy, uh, talk about a team with zero likable people on it, or just a book with zero likable people in it. Uh, motivations all over the place. A uh, writer who doesn't know these characters and is trying to write them, you know, these the square pegs into the round holes. It sucked. It really, really sucked. Um, which
0: again, it seemed to be a part of the. A mutant universe, ripe for exp- you know exploration. Sure, right? the whole sure. business side of things, how it ties into mm-hmm. the rest of the world, seems like it could be interesting. Alas, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you,
2: you put someone who's probably never worked a corporate job in into uh, writing a story about corporate culture. It's not gonna. It's not gonna seem real. I mean, I've worked in the corporate world for way too long. And it, it it sucks, but it sucks for a whole bunch of different reasons than X Corp is trying to tell us. Yes, or X Corp was basically or very
0: particular ways of sucking. Like if you've seen like mm-hmm. the uh, that Apple TV show Severance, yes, which really gets at a lot of what it means to go to a job every day that doesn't really make sense, but you got to go anyway. Mm-hmm. You go anyway. It, it really you're soulless. Yes, yeah. it kind of does that in a fantasy kind of way. Where this writer, I don't think, has had that experience, or if she has, hasn't translate it to the page no
2: and i mean a big part of this was like uh it was i, I mean we talked about how the russians are, are the easy enemies but uh there's another easy enemy out there the nazis i mean we all hate nazis right saying that is not a is not a brave stance saying that is not really even virtue signaling anymore it's just something that is so we have this book that's like going on and on and on about how bad and terrible nazis are and then has monet like, fall in love with Selene, who was working for literal Nazis in Captain America a couple of years ago.
0: Oh, well. I don't know. But again, I don't, I don't think know. any of this is going to be important going forward. So. It wasn't even important know. then. So I don't yeah. think we need to worry about it too much. That's X Corp. If you want to see it, again, take a look at the pretty covers. That's about the size of it. Uh, Way of X. Way of X. Do we do Way of X now, you think? Uh, let's talk about the gala first. Because I, I. Okay. So the gala was. Built up and built up and built up by this huge party that the mutants are going to throw, inviting people all over the mutant universe, not the, mutant universe, the whole Marvel universe, Marvel universe, kind of just yeah. to to show. Up. It, it kind of felt like how countries want to have the Olympics, you know, like a e- bid, yeah, right. Like even though it costs a country a whole bunch of money to throw the Olympics, it kind of you do this and you prove you matter in the it's world. Prestige. You yeah. prove that you've got the juice. So this was the mutants kind of announcing that hey, we can we're, we're part of the world we're important, we're impressive, come to our party. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole, they're coming out. Party. Yeah, it, yeah. It had a whole bunch of things about all the great costumes everyone's going to wear and how many changes Ugh. of clothes Emma was going to have. And I guess people were into costume designs. You can tell me if those were good costumes. I'm not a fashion guy. Um, luckily, this is an audio podcast. Cause you'd see the, the ratty hoodie I'm wearing at the moment. You know, it's, <laughs> it's clearly not my thing. If you like that. Great. But at the gala itself, it was an interesting concept because it, was, it wasn't it was its own separate title. It was happening through all the books. And it was the mm-hmm. same night seen through different perspectives of different characters. Yeah. And you saw like Nightcrawler showing up in every book, getting progressively drunker. And you could kind of see what time it was of the night by just how drunk he was. So, mm-hmm. it was a, a cool idea. And we found out, I think two things came out of this, right? We had the big thing that the mutants wanted to happen and then the thing that they didn't expect to happen. And what they wanted to happen was, hey, remember all those 85 zillion Armenthi mutants, Iraqi mutants that we have to do a thing with that they're not really at home here. They kind of go into England and cause trouble at a pub, which I guess doesn't ever happen in England. But anyway, they caused even more trouble and what, what they do decide here is, hey, we're going to show how powerful we are. We're going to take some of our Omega mutants, and we're going to put on the fireworks show. But the fireworks show was really terraforming Mars, claiming Mars for the mutants, saying it's now part of Krakoa, it's now ours, and we're going to use our Iceman and... I forget what that other, need-o. who all was involved, but we're going to basically make it into a livable place, and we're going to ship all the um, the Iraqi mutants up there, and oh, Storm is going to be in charge of it, she's going to be the head of their council, and she's going to be the queen of the solar system.
2: Basically. Which is a basically.
0: big change in <laughs> the status quo of the whole Marvel Universe, Right. Not only is this whole planet now claimed by the mutants, but this planet claims to speak to the rest of the galaxy for everyone who lives in the solar system, which basically means Earth, as far as we know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which was big and impressive, and also was going to play out in X-Men Red. So that was kind of neat. And the thing that they didn't expect to happen is is we see Magneto and Wanda there, because Wanda gets invited. To yeah. this, I guess she wasn't technically invited, but Magneto let her in. How'd that work out? She, uh, there was a, there was
2: an issue. I spent $4 on an issue of Strange Academy just for one uh, little text page in it where uh, Wanda's checking her email and there's a message there from Beast okay. saying, hey,
0: come to Krakoa. Okay,
2: there you go. And then there's a couple from Magneto saying, hey, come
0: to Krakoa. So she and comes to Krakoa and she's seen with Magneto kind of having maybe some loud words. And at the very end of the night is discovered that the Scarlet Witch is dead on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So I mean the Scar- uh, scarlet witch is obviously a big character in mutant lore and has been kind of haunting the background of a lot of this this whole series, this whole series of series. Right? Sure. She is the one who who depowered all the mutants. She was one who pretended to be a mutant in whatever level of retcon we're in at the moment. So, Mm -hmm. she is like villain number one, and she ends up dead on Krakoa. Mm
2: -hmm. And you you would
0: think that would be the start of a really, really, really fun mystery. It was not. Uh, No, this ended up playing in a limited series called The Trial of Magneto, which Mm -hmm. was really just the next arc, the concluding arc of X-Factor. Yeah that was then blown out into an event and given some very strange looking data pages and the Avengers come to Krakoa because, you know, she's an Avenger. So they're going to be involved. And it seems like Magneto must have killed her, right? She was killed with some sort of metal. uh, It turned out. She was, they 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 could tell by psycho scanning, chrono scan, chrono, chrono skimming, chrono skimming. Yeah. That, Mm -hmm. uh, It was done by somebody with a white cloak on, so that seems to match up. So, it Mm -hmm. all looks like it's going to be Magneto and they're about to arrest him and then Wanda walks in and says, hey guys, I'm fine. I'm not dead. She looks very young and doesn't remember much of her own history and she's back and nobody quite knows why at first and it turns out that the five brought her back with an old backup, kind of on their own. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting to me to hear is what I had thought for the longest time that only mutants could be brought back having something to do with them being mutants, like the, M, the mutant gene itself, the X gene made it possible. But it turns out it has nothing to do with the X gene. No, just trick cerebro. It's gonna, right. It's just good. Yeah. The, yeah. mutants are the only ones who get backed up, mm-hmm. where if the mutants wanted to, and if they had enough. File server space. They could back up every person in the world, right? You'd think they might, again, Captain America might be important to have around. Maybe we back him up. Mm -hmm. All these other important people in the Marvel universe, maybe we back them up. Nope, we're not going to do that. It's only to be mutants, but it doesn't have to be. And I don't think that has really been explored enough. No, because that's something that I feel could be
2: a huge, huge story here. If, if they were, it could be huge enough to break ready. the universe. Absolutely, because I mean, if if the mutants were able to back up everybody, or decided to back up everybody, who's to say they have to back them up to right this minute? You know, you can back people up to the part, to the to the place in their life where they're most advantageous to your goals. You know, you could bring back Captain America before AVX. You know who. Doesn't have suspicions about mutants. Who's not, you know, who's not poised as an antagonist. They could bring him back. They could with no memories of what. It's it's a very very exploitable system, and it could be a wildly interesting thing to
0: explore. Should they ever decide to do so, it's one of those that's it's so big. I'm afraid of it because it could it could spin out of control so quickly and so easily, and just leave nothing but wreckage in its wake. Yeah, because I mean, there's no rules here. Yeah. This is something
2: that a lot of us were scared of during uh, the Secret Invasion era, mm-hmm. where it's like uh, where, where it's revealed that some of the atrocities that happened in the Marvel universe by heroes were actually by Skrulls posing as those heroes, and these the heroes themselves were just locked away in some chamber. I mean, it's 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 to it's to that level, but way more extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that could just be. Really, really retconny and
0: uh just insane. So I guess to cut to the chase on this, there's a whole bunch of magic, timey, wimey stuff where she kind of brings herself back, but there's three versions of her. It plays with the trope of the maiden, the mother, and the crone and the witchcraft side of things. And it turns out that the person punished for this is Toad. Mm -hmm. And he had some sort of magic, was it Uru metal, some sort of enchanted Uru metal, Uru metal. Yeah. that made it look like Magneto, but it really was towed because he hated uh, Wanda for like, basically- He loved her. He loved her and he hated right. her. Right. He, she was very she thought she had betrayed the you know, the brotherhood of the mutants, evil mutants. So he had that grudge against her. But mm-hmm. it turns out that wasn't the truth either. It was all a plan by Wanda. She had decided that she could do a special thing, but to do the special thing, she had to go through the resurrection protocol. yeah, and she couldn't just ask to do that. The only way she could think of to get this to happen is to fake her own death by enchanting some Uber metal herself, having complete faith in herself to bring herself back, mm-hmm. to pin it on her dad, so she'd be brought back. and then she goes through this whole chaos magic mumbo jumbo. And she creates the, waiting, the room. waiting room, which is a way to get around the whole idea of having to have been backed up. Yeah. With this, it has some sort of mystical backup, use the, the term Elysian Fields a few times. Yes. This mystical, kind of like a separate mutant heaven. And all the mutants who ever existed were there. So, if you want to bring back, oh, I don't know, Thunderbird- Anybody from before, you know, Cerebro, before the Shi'ar got involved, before the Shiar got involved you could now do that,
2: mm-hmm. and this is also applies to uh, to children who died before their mutant powers manifested. So we get that reveal that um, back in Alpha Flight, uh, Northstar had adopted a child. Very, very briefly, a uh, child was infected with AIDS. This was part of uh, Northstar's coming out in Alpha Flight One Hundred and Six, but uh, she had passed. It was revealed here at the end of Trial of Magneto that that child would have grown up to become a mutant,
0: and so they're back now. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it, it's one of those at things. Least she where, was um, in the queue, right? I don't think we ever saw her actually back. We never saw her but out. She was yet, like yet. next in line. Yeah, she's coming. Yeah, you know? she's cooking right now. And we also got a before. very hand wavy in a like a narration box thing. Oh, by the way, now we don't need the, the crucible, crucible anymore, mm-hmm. which was a. Crazy way to get rid of this big thing, and again, just literally in a narration box oh, if yeah. if you're depowered, want to be repowered, you don't need to die in the crucible. You can walk up the steps into this Elysian field and then they can bring you back. So yeah. it just makes suicide a, 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 like basically magic agi- a, a assisted suicide a thing, yeah, and they'll be brought back. So this whole kind of emotional, moral, philosophical idea of oh, How can you? Is it okay to kill yourself and be brought back in a better way? We're just going to wave our hands and say, yes, it's fine. Completely fine. A okay Go for it. And this whole book was full of therapy talk. Every character, Mm -hmm. including Captain America, spoke like they were in a group therapy section. They all had the same exact voice. It was the same tone of voice. Really annoying. But it was. That's what came out of that. Oh, and. They never explained. Kaiju monsters. Oh, that if that was just I, we needed a couple issues, so they invented these kaiju monsters who were like Wanda's own feelings of anger and yeah. self-loathing. And once she realized what they were, they went away. That was it, it was just something for the you need if the, the Avengers are here, they gotta fight something. So we're gonna make these giant kaiju monsters. <laughs> and that's literally all that was. Yeah. And they never explained it all to me why Toad had to or was willing to take the fall because Toad actually got a trial. Magneto was never put on trial. His trial was yeah. purely metaphorical. He was going through some stuff. Yeah. but And
2: it was more the fetishization of using old X-Men's titles in current year for like no reason, like Inferno and stuff like that. Yes. Uh,
0: so, he gets put on trial. He admits it Which is false, as we find out, but he gets actually sucked down into the pit. He gets the mutant version of the death penalty, which is worse than death penalty, because you'll be alive forever, down there with Sabretooth, and I I wonder if we're going to see him pop up again in in Sabretooth or something else. Almost have to, right? I would hope so. I mean, this has got to be explained what happened, because I guess they needed to show the Avengers that someone was getting punished for this. I think that was the cover story. Well, yeah, could somebody get like Captain America being like,
2: we we can't tell the mutants how to run their culture? Because like uh, I think it was Wasp who's was
0: like, can you believe they're doing this? I think it was Wasp who said it was okay. Again, it, all the words, the the word bubbles could point to anybody because they all sounded the it same. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it was it's this like, whole- We don't get involved. Right. Yeah. Have to respect their culture gesture. But Yeah. Could did they really, I mean, we've shown that they can do all sorts of illusions to trick the Avengers, right? They hid the sure. whole cradle- from the Avengers, the whole resurrection thing, they Mm -hmm. hid with a giant, you know, Emma Frost, I think, clouded their minds. So they could, they they could have made the- Like a big billboard with a street scene in front of it. They could have made the Avengers think that somebody was punished for this, whether it was actually Toad or some made up character. They could have just done an illusion and then revealed, Mm -hmm. oh no, they're actually fine. That was not done. As far as we know, Toad Mm -hmm. is still imprisoned inside Krakowar for something we know he didn't do. For sure. And and it's weird because like, uh, I know Leah Williams has
2: spoken out about the editorial input and uh, machinations in this one. Yes. But um, the first issue, Wanda isn't back yet, I don't believe, but it ends with the original brotherhood at the Green Lagoon like toasting to her. So you have like Mastermind, Yeah, I think they're like not Toad.
0: quite together, but like catching each other's eye across the, the room or something. Yeah.
2: They were like at the bar. Yeah. They weren't like necessarily in a group, but they were all there. Yeah. They were all present. It was very, very, you know, I- advertent. But um, yeah, they they all like raised the glass and Toad was among them. So I don't know if they changed this somewhere in the, you know, five issues that, you know, the, or the four issues that came
0: after it or- or if this was the plan all along, and it was just very clunkily done, yeah, something um, something went awry there. But the upshot is that hey, we can bring back any mutant we want. We don't have to worry about the whole cerebral backup thing yeah, you, anymore. You know the you know the very few rules we have. Well, they don't apply anymore. Yeah, again, it's it's like playing tennis without a net. We're kind of taking away taking away the part that makes it interesting. I mean, it's true. We'll see where it goes from there. But that's what happened in the trial of Magneto. Yeah. But back to the uh, Hellfire Gala here, we
2: mentioned, I think, last episode that uh, we found out during the uh, X of Swords event that there were no X-Men. No X-Men That's at all. That's right. That's the third thing uh, that there happened were, the There guy. were a bunch of people wearing X costumes who did hero stuff, but they were not the X-Men. Don't ever, ever mistake that them for the X-Men. Um, so it was decided, or I guess Scott and Gene decided, that, uh, well, we should probably have X-Men again.
0: Yes. They kind of announced that at the
2: end of X of Swords. Yeah. Yeah, after they got back from the sword, uh, the sword satellite, and so, well, how do we do this? This is going to be the X Men of the people, is uh, the way they framed it here. So it wasn't just going to be Cyclops going around drafting people; it was actually going to be held to a vote. There's going to be a you know publicly elected team uh, of representatives to be like the liaisons of Krakoa in the real world in a heroic capacity, and so that was another big thing coming out of the Hellfire Gala was that. There was going to be an intermission or there was going to be just a, a a portion of the night's festivities where they announce the public X-Men team. This is going to be your new X-Men. Your, the first X-Men in years is going to be announced here. And, of course, Marvel being Marvel, they spoiled all of it before we got to the issue, which, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? But they also tied it into a real-world vote. social so, well, um, social
0: media, which is almost the real yeah.
2: world. Uh, yeah, depending on how you look at it. Um, it struck me as kind of like a, uh, I remember early on, I don't know if you're, if you ever watched pro wrestling or anything, but, uh, they would have like these, you can vote on the kind of match you're going to have. Okay. And it would be like, okay, it's going to be, it's going to be a no holds barred steel cage match, or they're going to play chess or they're <laughs> going to have a, you know, they're going to, they're going to do a triple, a, a three-legged race. It's like, okay, everybody's going to vote right. for, for the one thing here. <laughs> so it's like, Here's your here's your new X Men. It's Polaris,
0: or Tempo, or uh, Strong Guy. Yeah, or, uh, it's one of those where it's it's set up to be. They know what the they what they want, and they manipulate it to be what they want. So they yeah, kind of got some like social media PR out of it, but which is all that matters in comics nowadays. Mm-hmm. We don't care about sales. And we get anymore. the election, and it's done like a a mental psychic election. Kind of, I think Jean Grey was kind of making it work. But again, it's all yeah. kind of hand wavy. We never see any totals, and later on, people wasn't Have really a vote. It kind of, yeah. it kind of seemed to be. Well, it just somebody manipulated things, maybe, but it's fine. Yeah, it, because it, in the lead up to it, they had like they Marvel would publish these like one page strips
2: where like you'd find out Strong Guy didn't win the vote, and he'd be like, "Oh shucks, I didn't win the vote," but then the actual issue comes out, and it's nothing like that at all. It's yeah. Yeah, I I, I guess those were uh,
0: retroactively non-canon, I would have to
2: say. I guess. But uh, that was where our our team that goes into volume six, which we'll talk about in the future, that is the new X-Men here. Uh, Ultimately, it's going to be, of course, Cyclops and Jean. It's going to be Sync, who is fresh out of the vault. Also, X-23 slash Wolverine, also fresh out of the vault. Uh, Sunfire, uh, whose best trick is leaving the X-Men. He's going Mm -hmm. to be an x Men again. Uh, Who else? Polaris, of course. Polaris wins the fan vote. And Rogue, believe it or not, who I think has had three lines of dialogue in the past year and a half. So those are your X-Men, and they were announced at the Hellfire Gala. Not much more to say about that, I suppose. Um, uh, The Hellfire Gala also gave us the revelation that uh, A, Lorda Chantal isn't dead, and B, that Lorda Chantal existed in the first place. Did, I'm guessing you probably never heard of Laura Chantal before.
0: Only right? when they they printed the a backup story that was like a reprint On of Classic her X-Men one original number
2: appearance. Seven.
0: Yeah, yeah, she was in Classic X
2: Men number seven. Has it with the original was Hellfire Club? Yeah, the the original like pre-Sebastian Shaw running the show Hellfire Club here, where you know, the Hellfire Club was run by a couple of anti-mutant racists uh, who were who wanted to eradicate mutants basically, and. uh, it made it look like they had killed lord chantal uh, sebastian Shaw uh, decides that he's going to you know get revenge cuz that was his lover who he also beat up a lot i guess and so he takes the humans out he kind of reframes the mission statement of the of the hellfire of the hellfire club as being i guess a mutant power rather than a uh, human power uh, it was revealed here that lord chantal was not killed by a sentinel during that classic backup and instead was you know, ferried away to uh, the Kingpin by Emma Frost, who was trying to protect her. Don't know if this was required. Don't know if this was necessary. Um, Chantal is now, uh, she's part of Hellfire trading at this point, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. But I, I mean, this is one of those things that the behind the scenes, this is very chaotic time for the ex offices here. This is around the time Hickman's like, hey, I'm out, you know, I'm leaving. So The books kind of took this weird tone where – like a weird shift. There was like a branching here where some books were just like powering through their stories to get them over with, and other ones weren't ready to wrap them up yet. So we got all this wheel Mm -hmm. spin.
0: And I think the only time I've seen that referenced is in yet another tie-in. It was in the X-Men tie-in to Devil's Reign, where this mm -hmm. favor that M.O. to the Kingpin was kind of referenced and the time that she ended up working for him. Was kind of part of that, that backstory. Sucked. So it wasn't great. It was pretty to look at,
2: but uh, not a fun. I just I actually just finished that one on X lapsed It's uh, <laughs> three issues. It was a catch in. It was just a catch in. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, you know, the the water treading got really, really, really tough during Reign of X here. Um, and like I said, some of the books were really rushed through. Another one that was rushed through is Way of X. Which, um, one of the strongest runs, and uh, we mentioned at the very start of the show here that the big moves, generally speaking, happened in the uh, the tie-ins and the uh, the mini serieses
0: mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so way of X, x was, was written by Sy Spurrier. I think this was mm-hmm. him. I think this was his first thing to do with the the X stuff, right? He was brought in for this with this era of X stuff. Yes. okay. He's done things he, x he, stuff he was, in the past.
2: Yeah, he did a he did an X Club miniseries, which was focused on like uh, Doctor Nemesis, Danger, um, Madison Jeffries, Kavita Rao, okay. uh, the guy from Godzilla. They actually brought a guy from uh, the Marvel Godzilla comic into the X Men books, <laughs> okay, for, for a minute there, Takeshi, I believe. And um, they had this little science croup that uh, Spurrier wrote a five issue miniseries on, and he also was the writer for X Men Legacy, which he took over. I think he took it over from Mike Carey, or might have taken it over from Christos Gage after he took it over from Mike Carey. But uh, he was writing, uh, believe it or not, all about Legion. Wow. Legion is one of his characters. And um, X-Men Legacy was uh, rebooted, or relaunched, I suppose, during Marvel Now. And that was uh, a, basically a Legion solo book. And it was Interesting. It's very interesting book. So we have him back here with Way of X. Legion is one of the main characters of it, and He's, so is Doctor, uh, Doctor Nemesis. Nemesis as well. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: One of one of your favorites, Absolutely. yes, I know. So the I, I, I like Doctor Nemesis until he takes his hat off. The old. idea of Way of X is we've seen that Nightcrawler has been the only mutant kind of uneasy with the way things go on. How how cavalier people treat death. How cavalier people treat life. It just seems that all the things that he thought were the the big meaning behind life now don't seem to matter and no one else is bothered by it except for him. Mm-hmm. So, this is kind of an exploration of what he's going to try to do to figure out what these things mean now and is something missing and if there is something missing, how can we bring it back?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was an exploration, you know, we talked about the the laws of Krakoa, the three laws, you know, respect this land, make more mutants and kill no man. And Way of X dedicated an issue to each of these laws as Nightcrawler was, you know, soul searching and purpose searching and trying to figure out, you know, where how these things work in in practical, you know, life, you know, not just the abstract and you know, etched on the stone. It's like, okay, what does it mean to make more mutants? Well, well, let's explore that. What does it mean to make more mutants? Well, clearly, it's uh, you know making more mutants, having children, uh, conceiving. Okay, well, what happens to all those children? Oh,
0: well, that's something we can explore. That's something we can investigate. Yes, that brought, brought back a here. character called Stacy X. Stacy X. I, in my mind, I call her Stacy Triple X because that's mm-hmm. kind of her, her deal. And she said, "I don't up- know why they didn't just call her X Stacy." I guess, I guess. Oh, I can see. Okay, yeah. Maybe that the, the drug one, thing think. would have been a little too. Anyway, could, so could, she could. sets up this. It's not quite a brothel. It's kind of like a combination sex club slash orphanage, which yeah. is. Uh, I mean, I mean, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Okay, put those together, fine. But not everything mm-hmm. goes together. But I guess it, I mean, it's like what comes out of it's one. Cause yeah, an yeah it's cause and effect. Sure, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So and. It's this whole, uh, you know, very hippy-dippy free love kind of thing, but then Mm -hmm. here's why free love has consequences. consequences. And Mm -hmm. we get, I think the most interesting character created for this was uh, this character called Lost, Lost, Mm -hmm. who Lost is this very tall, I mean, very tall, like crazy mutant tall, very skinny, like, you know, minute bull put on the stretcher kind of look to her, and she introduces herself by coming up to uh, Nightcrawler when he's very, very busy and saying to him, I'm lost. And he thinks that she's just doesn't know where to go. So he's like, oh, go right over there, somebody will help you. And he bamfs away. But it turns out that she is a depowered mutant, and her name is lost, and she was going to ask Nightcrawler to kill her. Crucible her. In the Crucible back when the Crucible was a thing, because she had heard that he was quote, one of the kindly ones and that he would do it more mercifully and that's what she had wanted. So it was like a huge compliment, but she wanted him to kill her. So we then see her later in the Crucible fighting Magneto, who is uh, by all accounts not one of the kindly ones and is is dying a a very very bad death. And uh, Nightcrawler kind of steps in and tries to stop things, but eventually she stands up and actually looks like she's going to fight back, which means it's okay for Magneto to kill her now because that's where the crucible works. And mm-hmm. she's killed and is brought back. And her powers are, I think, gravity, kind manipulation. Of reality, warping, gravity yeah, manipulation. Gravity manipulation is how they talk yeah. about it, where that's why she has this kind of unusual body. Is she can decrease gravity around her so that mm-hmm. her frail body can support herself. And. She also warps gravity around her. So everybody around her who doesn't have super good balance just throws up. Yeah, has a, a, a
2: pretty brutal side. Yeah, effect. weird.
0: Yeah, weird kind of comic relief thrown in around her. You know, she's had this tragic story. Her parents were were murdered by Fabian Cortez, and what was mm-hmm. his group called? The acolytes. The acolytes yes. So yeah. she has a big grudge against him, but she's back now. Yeah. No, it
2: was, it, that was a very interesting thing. I. I I feel like they missed an opportunity during that crucible fight because Nightcrawler does get involved and kind of tries to stop the proceedings here. And I thought it would have added so much, uh, so much value to have the crowd start booing him. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: They don't, though. I would have loved for the, just the crowd, this bloodthirsty, you know, this is the way we do things. Crowd, just Nightcrawler gets involved to stop it. They boo the hell out of him.
0: Didn't happen, but maybe that would have been uh, maybe that would have been a little too far to go. Uh, so Nightcrawler's the- been given a job by Professor X that there's some malevolent force loose on the island, kind of mm-hmm. like one of those things like just out of the corner of your eye if you look at it, you can't see it. It's, know, the boogeyman, boogeyman, yeah. and the, patch, the patchwork, patchwork man is, man is what people call it, yeah. and they kind of giggle about it and joke about it. All oh, the patchwork man's going to get like you. a scary story, yeah, kids right. cra- around the campfire type of thing, but. Professor X can tell something's up and thinks it might be connected to this story and thinks it might be connected to his son, Legion. Mm-hmm. So that's how uh, Nightcrawler hooks up with Legion, ends up, he's been, is it Orcus who has him? Yeah, he's it just, just his, brain. his brain. His brain's, he's got yeah. his brain in a jar yeah. and Orcus is using it to run simulations of- on how to attack- and On Krakoa, Krakoa, how to, yeah, yeah, How what would bring Krakoa down? Not necessarily like a military attack, but what would bring it down as a society? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Legion manages to convince Nightcrawler to kill him to shoot his brain, yep. so he can be brought back. And he kind of brings himself back because he's Legion, and it's again kind of hand wavy. There's a lot of interesting ideas that end up solved kind of hand wavy in the series to me. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not as buttoned up as like a Jonathan Hickman book would be. It's a sure, very different sure. emphasis. It's more of about mm-hmm. more about feelings and it's very uh, care bear stare. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how it winds up anyway. <laughs> so that's how this this the group gets up put it together investigating this weird these weird goings on and so they realize they can kind of make this patchwork man show himself by certain things happening like legion helps these two characters who for mutant power reasons can't actually be intimate with each other helps them be like mentally super, super duper intimate. And Mm -hmm. they realize, oh, this is way too intimate. Now I know things about you I don't like, and now I'm grossed out and go away. And that shift from love to hate brings out an appearance of this patchwork man. Mm -hmm. And then Legion meets with his dad, and I forget some kind of bar. It wasn't the main bar. It was some kind of bar-restaurant situation. And there's like some weird tension between him and his dad And and Professor X wants to know. I think you know who this this is. I need you to tell me. I will take from your mind who this is. And he tries to do that, and that makes this creature come out. And everyone in this bar start to kill each other. Was the Green was the Green Leggo? Everybody, yeah, uh, because like like thirty mutants die there, right? Because they start to kill each other, and to make this stop, I think Legion makes Zorn and his other brother Zorn. Just mm-hmm. blow everything up. Yeah. Like we can bring we can bring mutants back, but we if this spins out of control, the whole society's gone. So we're just gonna kill everybody and start over, including Professor X. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in fact second or third time. When yeah. I saw the beginning of Inferno and we see Professor X getting resurrected, I thought he was being resurrected from this death. That, that is definitely uh, that's definitely one of the things I thought too. Yeah. Nope. Because- Not so much. It's, yeah. No, no, no. Not at all. And what is really going on here is that Orcus had a plan. And I guess this is connected to the simulations they were running with Legion's Brain. And they somehow got a hold of Onslaught. Mm -hmm. Now, give us the 30-second version of who Onslaught is. Oh, boy. I don't know if there is a
2: 30-second version. Uh, back in X-Men, Volume 2, Number 25, uh, as part of the uh, Fatal Attraction storyline, Magneto was back. He was a lunatic again, and he had uh, he'd caused some trouble. He had crashed Illyana Rasputin's funeral. He brought uh, Colossus into the Acolytes. He also did that little thing where he sucked all the metal out of Wolverine's uh, skeleton. You know, all the, uh, the Adamantium was sucked out. Yeah, so um, Professor X was... Uh, trying to figure out a way to stop Magneto once and for all. So he basically lobotomizes him. He goes in, takes his brain out. Magneto is left a, you know, a slobbering mess. And it was the combination of the Xavier psyche and the Magneto psyche in, in, you know, in Professor X's own head that manifested this creature, this entity, this cosmic force known as onslaught. And onslaught uh, after the end of the age of apocalypse, uh, the first issue back, um, Juggernaut is sent, you know, flying a continent. He's basically punched in California and he lands in New York. You know, he is just destroyed. And the X Men they find him and they wake him up, and the only word he says is onslaught. Uh, a little side bit here: uh, Scott Lobdell created onslaught when he put that line in there. He had no idea what onslaught was. Mm. That's the way Scott Lobdell <laughs> writes. He uh, he's, he calls it the uh, the tangled. What's he called? The tangled laundry line approach to writing. Okay. like you start somewhere and you try to untangle the line <laughs> as you get down the way. I, again, it's a lot of. Fun, doesn't seem like a convenient. Jonathan
0: Hickman kind of thing. It's not. I, certainly, certainly not. he not. not this. Was actually fun. Oh, ouch. Okay, but yeah, <laughs> no. it's it's well, it's a mystery, including to the person who's writing the mystery. Pretty much, pretty much.
2: So it was ultimately revealed. Um, that onslaught was this Professor X Magneto amalgamation. Um, back in Uncanny X-Men 287, this is early on in Bishop's time in the current year, then current year, he, uh, he has a flashback to the future where he sees, he finds this recording from Jean Grey where she's talking about how there was a traitor to the X-Men. There was a traitor. And this is another one of those tangled clothesline things where it was just put in there. Nobody knew what it was going to be. Nobody had any idea. Who it was going to be? It was basically, it was it was basically written to be Gambit, but it wasn't. <laughs> Ultimately, it was actually this Onslaught character because they replayed that entire page during the reveal of who Onslaught was in 1995 or so. Now, Onslaught was this massively powerful character, took on the entire Marvel universe, and for a little while, won. Um, this is what led to Heroes Reborn, where Franklin Richards opens up this pocket dimension. Uh, the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, they're all sucked in there, and they are rebooted. They have their own little adventures in this little you know, pocket dimension, and they're not in the 616 anymore. So in the fallout of Onslaught, we still have a 616. It's just everybody thinks the Avengers are dead, Fantastic Four is dead, and it was this way for a year. The stories in Heroes Reborn were not great, but I liked the way it was reflected in the real world, or the 616, I should say. It was pretty interesting. Onslaught was gone console come back a few times, including here, where you know Legion is tasked with trying to figure this out, and um, he finds out that it's it's good old Dad and uh, Magneto's uh, little entity together, or amalgamation, that is this patchwork man. And um, we talked, I think, either an episode or two ago about the cheese toasty, right? Yes, like, it's where, uh, pixie. Pix- Pixie's favorite food was a cheese toastie, which uh, one of uh, one of my uh, listeners from uh, from I, I, is it the UK or England or, or Great Britain? One of probably those, probably all of those. Uh, yeah, probably all of those. Uh, told me that uh, that's a you know popular snack food or a uh, yeah. meal. Although I guess she's
0: Welsh, right? I believe uh, I believe Pixie is Welsh. She's Welsh, yes. Yeah, so I think Welsh. that makes yeah. her part of the UK. Part of Great Britain, okay. but not part of England. If I have my Venn diagram correct, but are they part of Albion? Uh, that's the park I used to go to when I lived in New Jersey. But, <laughs> there you go. But anyway, so but, the uh, idea yeah, is that they're noticing that she, com- when she comes bread. back, she had, her favorite food had changed, and then yeah. she kind of gets taunted into committing mutant suicide, by having mm-hmm. someone kill her. And when she comes back, her. Favorite food has reverted, like that part of yeah, her existence was, has yeah. gone away. And mm-hmm. what turns out is that Onslaught is this he was actually sent back through Lost, which I thought mm-hmm. was an interesting choice. So Orcas kind of had captured this depowered mutant Lost, did weird things to her, somehow implanted this seed inside her of mm-hmm. Onslaught. She brings it back to the island, very much like the little miniaturized uh yellow, yellow jacket, jacket, you know, snuck into the mm-hmm. island. But this is just more of a, a, a magical demonic concept stuck mm-hmm. back in. And Onslaught grows by eating these little pieces of people's lives between when they get backed up and when they get brought back. So those little yeah, bits of life feed him. Mm-hmm. And also feeding on negative emotions and hatred and mistrust, and also kind of the bacchanalia feelings of life doesn't matter, gets mixed in there somehow. Again, Mm -hmm. kind of hand-wavy to me. Kind of high concept for, yeah. But the way this is kind of starts to be undone is clearly lost, hates Fabian Cortez, killed her parents, had all this horrible part in the background of her life, wants to kill him. So, Nightcrawler does a very strange thing. He bamfs them, the two of them up above the surface of Mars. Mars, or Rocco. Yeah. And so they're falling together. And Lost can control gravity, so can save herself. She could also save Fabian Cortez, but why the hell oh, is she going to do that? Because she hates his guts. Mm-hmm. Now, Fabian Cortez can amplify or reduce mutant powers. So, he could amplify her power so she could do all the saving she needs, but he doesn't want her to live too, so he's going to dampen her power, damp her power. So, she, so it's like a, a prisoner's dilemma sort of situation. They can both mm-hmm. kill each other, and they're both going to kill each other. Yep. And it doesn't quite. It seems very clever, but what actually happens is that uh, Fabian Cortez amplifies her power so much that she burns out and dies. So then he's just plummeting mm-hmm. to Earth all on his own, mm-hmm. and uh, Nightcrawler mm-hmm. kind of says, "Oh crap!" and you know saves him by you know bamfing. Yeah. But what happened was her power got amplified so much that they happened to be right near. Oh, is it Phobos, one of the Martian moons, Phobos or Deimos? Yeah, I think it was Phobos. One of those. And it it ends up pulling the moon out into an unstable orbit, so that it's going to crash into Mars and just kill everybody. Some people are trying to escape through the gate to Krakoa, but the Iraqi are saying, you know, screw you, we're not going to run away. And plus, most people aren't going to get through the gate, so it's it's going to be a bloodbath. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is how we get rid of all those extra humans. No, <laughs> easy come, <laughs> easy go.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, no, uh, Nightcrawler talks Fabian Cortez into amplifying his yes. bamfing power yeah. to the point where he knows it's going to be so so powerful, it's going to kill him. But he ends mm. up. This reminds me a lot of the the Kitty pride the bullet story. The letting Let the bullet yeah. phase through the planet. But he he the entire moon into a more stable, higher orbit, and then yeah. dies up there. Does nice. and he's his corpse is actually seen later on when somebody else takes over Phobos. But that's yeah. down the road. Yeah. And before he does this, he he figures out the thing he's been searching for this whole time. It turns Mm -hmm. out it's just the phrase, the spark. The spark. Which I think was meant to be deeper than I think it is, but- Yeah, because in the lead of the first four or five issues,
2: um, we get the info pages from Nightcrawler's Book of Blank. Yes. And uh, like it's basically the gospel according to Nightcrawler, but- It was Book of Redacted. We never knew what the redacted word was. I I thought it was going to be Legion because I thought the series was going to end with Legion like sacrificing himself or dying. It's actually the Book of the Spark is is what
0: it was revealed to be. And the Spark kind of means whatever you need it to mean. It's a happy, you know, happy good feeling. Be nice to each other, forgiveness, but Mm -hmm. also self ownership. It's got almost like a objectivist feel to it at some point where they insist how they own themselves. Which doesn't really fit well with hippy dippy side of things, but let's not worry about no. that because it's a it's not a Hickman book; it's a Cy Spurrier book. So yeah, he tells yeah. Cortez, "I know I'm going to die. I've just figured out this thing, and when I die, I'm not going to remember it because I'm I haven't backed up yet. So you have to tell me the spark when I come back." Yeah, but then at and the end of out. issue five, issue five, the final issue of the miniseries, so Nightcrawler is dead. And Fabian Cortez has fallen into a coma from just using his power, amplifying power so much that he's just he's just he's just used up. He's burnt, burnt out. out. Yeah. And they bring Nightcrawler back right away because, of course, they would. He's Nightcrawler. But they say, oh, Fabian Cortez, I guess we, we can't fix him. It's impossible to fix him. Can't possibly fix his coma. Too. Also, we hate him. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to bring – but we could just kill him off and bring him back. Or we could kill him off – and not bring them back. I mean, put them in the list, of the but put him, yeah. you know, several thousand, million, billion people down below. So it doesn't we'll really put him count to as- the red daffodil. Yeah,
1: we'll-
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's where we leave the final issue of this, which is a very strange place to leave it. But then we mm-hmm. get a one-shot called the Onslaught Revelation, yeah. which is really just issue six of the series. But what would sell better, Chris, in your experience at issue six of a miniseries mm. or an issue number one with the word onslaught on well, it? Turn, it? Turns out the Onslaught issue didn't sell
2: that much more. Oh, well. So uh but I but in I think theory. the theory is <laughs> that it was supposed to be the thing with X-Men and Onslaught in there, uh yeah. which such a cruel trick to you know, imagine being a lapsed fan and being like, Ooh, Onslaught's back. Mm-hmm. Buying this book for $5 and being like, wait a minute.
0: So, at the (laughs) beginning of this book, we find out that, oh, somehow Nightcrawler just cured Fabian Cortez's coma. How? Nobody knows. It It doesn't matter. It just says, oh, I saved you from that. Don't worry about it. He's back. So, he was Mm -hmm. able to tell the resurrected Nightcrawler the the spark, which reminded him of everything he needed to know. Yeah. So, this sets up the final confrontation with Onslaught. So Onslaught has – he's somehow infected Professor X, and Professor X is going to go and delete all the backups. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this takes a long, long time. We can't just hit one button because it takes a while. No. Uh, and this is – Are you sure? This is – Are you sure? This is <laughs> – Go to the recycle This bin is now. before the, the Wanda did her thing, I guess, which would make this all moot. Yeah. Uh, and also, all the other mutants, he's inciting to go to the – Crucible to have the Crucible Ball, which is going to be this big, you know, Bacchanalia, this festival festival that we're going to sing and dance. At the end, we're all going to kill each other. And that will give onslaught all this power and also will, you know, basically ruin Krakoa. Even if we can bring people back, just this story is clearly going to get out. This is going to ruin their society. There's really no coming back from everybody kills everybody. Yeah. So, how does Nightcrawler manage to make this horrible thing not happen? Care, bear, stare. Yeah. So, it's a thing with Legion and so Legion makes this, he he gets a gateway seed. This is actually what happened in that scene where the Zorans end up killing everybody, but he gets a seed from his yeah. dad and he puts the seed in his own brain. Mm-hmm. So, there's one seed out somewhere in a mountain on... Is it on Krakoa or is it on, on, on Mars? I thought it was on Mars. I think it's on Mars, Araco. Yeah. But you know, it's one subway stop away from Krakoa. So, sure. Easy to get to. And you can go through this gate into Legion's own mindscape. Yeah. The, what they, they call it the altar. The altar, yes. Yeah. So it makes up this whole place. And they do a thing involving a Sandstorm Lady and Legion and Cortez. And Pixie uses her what's the, her her magic dagger called? Oh boy, it's like a it's like remember. the soul sword, but it's a dagger. But it's so she dagger. can go around stabbing people, and it only kills the onslaught part of them. Yeah. So she saves a few of them, and then Sandstorm Lady can link everybody together because she controls dust particles, and that's exactly the same as this somehow. And yeah, they all realize, hey, we don't want to kill each other. That would be lame. Uh, And, oh, and also Dr. Nemesis gives them all psychedelic drugs, which also makes them happy. Sure. As it would. So, yeah, they end up defeating Onslaught in a very hand-wavy way. And we get at the end, oh, we're going to set up some peacekeepers, and we're going to have our headquarters here in the altar inside Legion's Brain, and they're going to be called the Legionnaires. And that series is going to come out. The legionaries, legionary. So weird. yeah, legionaries, legionaries. Yeah, so odd. Which and that's that series has actually just started a couple months ago. So that's mm-hmm. destiny of X, but Legion of X. I mean, and, and it's it part of the destiny of X. Oh, it's part of destiny. Yeah. So it's not part of Reign of X. It's part of Destiny of X. So it happens down that's the road. True, yeah. But yeah, I I liked a lot of things about this book. I liked the questions it raised. Mm. I thought. It, he didn't have the answers when he started raising the questions. So I I approve of bringing these things up. I thought he didn't really have the goods.
2: I think this was another one of those books that was affected by the uh, you know the deck chair uh, rearrangement. I think this was a uh, I think this was going to go in a certain direction, but then Hickman said he was done. Okay, and so they kind of had to they kind of had to taper it off. They kind of had to do something with it. Uh, I I don't think that the Part of me thinks that the Onslaught story was written in a way that it could kind of serve as like a backup sort of uh, something that'll be just be trickling in over a year, maybe a year plus. I think when Hickman said he was going, they had to do something with the book. And so they did what they did with mm-hmm. it. Didn't really give uh, Spurrier the opportunity because like you said, a lot of awesome questions here. A lot of questions about what it is to have a society. We We touched on these things over the past few weeks where like yeah, the Crucible is brutal, but it's something that mutants have in common. You know, it's it's one of those uh, one of those building blocks of a society, is things you have in common, and it's kind of like I don't know if I want to say a necessary evil in building a society. Is you know you certainly don't need you know festivals of death to do that, but just a commonality, something that is something that brings you together. Um, respecting the sacred land, something like that being explored. The uh, make more mutants being explored. These were questions, or not questions. These were just statements that were made at the end of Hoxpox that I think we were just supposed to ex- assume were happening because, you know, uh, time moves forward and all that. Here we were actually taking a taking a beat and exploring what it meant for these things to happen. It also calls into question how quickly a mutant can have a kid, since uh, Hoxpox was only two months before Inferno, and we have babies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, what are you hmm. gonna do? but it was it was very interesting here and it. it was nice cuz nightcrawler it's it's hard to write nightcrawler where he is the everyman without being sanctimonious because the way the way this was kind of framed is like okay nightcrawler is our eyes he's our point of view character here and as comic fans we see everything you know we see the entire story good bad and ugly so we think we know better than the characters in the book because we do we do Nightcrawler was kind of in that same sort of a uh, ether there, where he could see the things that no one else could see. But in way of X, the way he went about it was, it was kind of sanctimonious. To where, like when he confronts Stacey X about it, she hits him back with a dilemma. It's like, what are we supposed to do? You make these rules. All we're doing is playing the parts here, you know. Uh, it, Having babies just abandoning them in an orphanage here, that is a consequence of the laws that you people thoughtlessly put
0: into place, mm. but these they never explore the idea of, okay, who are these mutants who are abandoning mm. children? And we never we never actually see whose kids these are and why no. they're not taking responsibility, responsibility. Because, because that would that would be a complication no. of the story that Spurrier is not interested in. No, and then that would that would be that would like make the story just
2: grind to a halt because okay. it's like we're not going to like these people anymore right. if we did in the first place. It's a, yeah, a pretty atrocious thing to do.
0: I, so I'm, yeah, so think of Nightcrawler one. is kind of right. held up as being the one who asks the moral questions, but then mm-hmm. he's kind of then lauded at the end for kind of taking those questions and putting them off to the side. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and this could be again. You you talk about on your show how some things are just Chris problems. This could just be a Jason problem. I'm I'm a Catholic guy, and Nightcrawler is the Catholic guy. You know, one of basically two Catholic characters in Marvel universe. Right? It's him and Daredevil or the Catholic ones. But he's yeah. so he's he's kind of lauded here for not quite officially abandoning being Catholic, but basically saying, yeah, that's not what I care about anymore. So that probably. Bothered me more than it bothered the average reader. I, I can understand that because I, I, I feel like that's
2: a a tough thing to to do here. We I think we talked earlier about like Wolf Spain, uh, where like she comes back and suddenly she, you know her lifelong religious uh, beliefs are just not there anymore. And I mean, you die, things happen, yada yada yada. I guess that could shake your faith or change or shape your faith, but uh, it is. It's nice to have a character with a different point of view. And Nightcrawler was that character. He was the, uh, you know, I remember uh, reading people's reviews, like he's the non punchable religious character.
0: Okay. Right? Because,
2: well, I, and, and that's not an indictment on anything other than the lack of creativity. Right. Usually, you, you, you see
0: characters. like a, a reverend or a very religious character in a comic mm-hmm. book or on a, like a TV show, a genre show, yeah. he's going to be the zealot, the bigot, sure. the, the evangelist, the clearly yeah. obvious bad guy.
2: Yeah, and like if there's a and if there's a yeah, religious character on a team, they're usually the ones that are gonna they're gonna raise the questions. Based, they're gonna raise the straw man questions. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be Kirk Cameron, you know, and, and uh, that's
0: that's not the that's yeah. not something. And then and know, then their and, character growth is not being religious at the end, not being religious yeah. anymore.
2: Yeah, getting over it, and uh, and, and and seeing Nightcrawler kind of go that direction is, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Because that was part of, a huge part of it. I mean, he was a minister. He was a priest. Yeah. It's, I don't know. But he was also the character that everybody was cool with having, you know, he, nobody was trying to talk him out of anything. He wasn't pushing his thoughts on anybody. Even someone like Stacey X, who he had a lot of run-ins with during the Chuck Olsen okay. run. And, uh, but it was never really done in the unsubtle, mustache-twirling, you know, villainous kind of way. Mm-hmm. So if they are moving away from that, I haven't read any of Legion of X yet, so I don't know what might be coming. I think there's only uh, been the one issue so far, so there hasn't been, okay. hasn't been much. Oh, because everything got pushed back because it's my oh, yes. current year. But um, yeah, I loved Way of X in that it raised the questions. I thought the ending fell
0: uh, astonishingly flat. It was just a, a real real letdown. So that was Way of X, and uh, looking at the clock, we've been babbling on about all these mostly mini-series in Reign of X for, (laughs) wow, I'm not even going to say what time it is, because it's been a good long time. So I think we're going to call this show here. I I could talk to Chris about these things all day, but you don't want to listen to that, and we've got stuff to do. So we will be coming back next time, and we've been talking about the X-Men a whole lot, because that's what we love. Mm -hmm. But this event is not just an X-Men event. It also has to do with these guys called the Avengers. So we're going to Who? start off next time, not by going through the whole Jason Arrows Avengers, because you heard all about that over on you know the, the Marvel show with me and Jim, but we're going to talk about specifically where we think this is going to tie in to this event, where the Avengers have run into things related to the Eternals, where they've run into things related to the X-Men. So that'll be our sure. first hit, I think, next time. And then we'll also probably clean up some missing pieces related to our good friends the X-Men.
2: Absolutely. And if, if anybody listening has any Avengers stuff that they want filled in from, I guess, any of the Avengers history here, uh, we can talk in brief about some things. Uh, I've, I've read, I think pretty much every issue of the Avengers at least once. So if anybody has any questions about anything, uh, we'll dedicate a few minutes to, uh, to help and to contextualize things for you. I don't think it'll all, <laughs> probably most of it won't go into AVA or AXE, mm-hmm. but, uh, Hey, if we're on the Avengers, we're on the Avengers, and who knows if we'll
0: ever be back. Or if anyone has any predictions or hopes or fears about what this event is going to be- uh, let us know. We we love theories, especially wrong theories. Those are kind of our, our favorites. I have are like, the best. All takes. all my theories are the wrong theories, and those are the most fun. <laughs> especially when you Absolutely. see them right before they're disproven. Those are the the greatest. Oh, you can't get any. Okay, of that. <laughs> so we're going to wrap things up here. Thank you everyone for listening to us, Babylon, again about mm-hmm. the X Men. And Chris, remind us one more time where they can find out even more about all these Reign of X series. Oh boy. If you want to hear uh, like three
2: hours of discussion on, on a uh, X corp, and that's not a joke that, that those hours exist. Uh, you can head over to Chris's on infinite com or Chris and Reggie. Podbean.com. I do at least a half hour on every single issue of the, uh, of the Hoxpox pox plus run here. Uh, episode 340 just came out a couple days ago. So that's, um, yeah, hundred and something hours of uh, of X-Men goodness or badness the way depending on how all, you
0: look all at good it. stuff, all great stuff. that's you know oh, sure. that's what makes me so excited to be able to actually talk to Chris about things and have him hear the things I say back to him, which is nice, which is is new on this uh, <laughs> for me. So we will tune Absolutely. out now. we will see you again next time and we'll talk to you again soon. See ya.